It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. And we welcome you to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Chris Kidd and Joe Limble. We hope to have the coach Rick Marone in in a couple of moments. He's actually... You know, busy coaching a basketball game. About, he's working. Oh yeah, but he's only about six blocks from our studios here on the campus of Marshall University. They're playing uh, the Tulsa Lady Rebels playing at St. Joe in sectional championship action. And wow, guys, fastest three hours in radio. I don't know if three hours can contain everything that, that we have to, to talk about tonight because so many girls high school basketball games in the postseason boys wrapping up regular season play tonight. It's a very light boys schedule uh, a couple of sectional games on the boys side as well as their postseason begins and I mean Chris by the end of the, the night almost half of the basketball teams in the state of West Virginia called a year. It is unbelievable that it's gone by this fast. And, I mean, we've seen some really good games already tonight on the slate with some of the girls' sectional finals taking place and even a couple of the boys getting started tonight as well. Uh, But this is the fun time of year right here. I mean, you get to see the standings where everyone's at, all the regular season's done with. Now you just get down to who's going to come out alive. And, I mean, you've got a lot of really good matchups on the boys' side that are going to take place even this weekend, (laughs) just in some of the playing games, just to get into that uh, 1-2 section. So uh, it's going to be an exciting weekend we're already seeing an exciting night on the girls side in fact we've got a sectional championship game in overtime right now boy there's so much to discuss too (laughs) um because you know last night there was a half court shot in a sectional semifinal game (laughs) where the losers eliminated and the half court shot giving the victor a one-point win but it may have been late. <laughs> oh, we'll gosh. talk about all of this. And we uh, might even get to watch on. it. You know? <laughs> yes, yes. And, and it was a fantastic uh, play regardless. So, um, you know, again, that's one of those situations where um, the officials calls final. But, uh, that's where you wish you had instant replay. I'll tell you, I watched it on replay. Uh, I, I'm, I, we'll get fully into it a little bit later on. I watched it on replay. The first time I went all clearly late. And the second time I went, eh, maybe. Uh, you know, I mean, I say, so, a couple of years ago at Scott and Chapmanville, I know a lot of Scott people would like to have had some replay. Absolutely. Yeah, we actually were live on the air while that happened and had video posted before the game ended. So, uh, oh, by the that, time that, I got that, home, I had about 30 messages. Oh, uh, yeah, so a lot of fun there. And that was over a, a two or a three from the corner. But, uh, hey, high school basketball ends postseason. Uh, this is where uh, where memories are. This, uh, You know, we, we say that. I think it's, it's cliche, though, where memories are made because, quite frankly, what I remember from high school uh, baseball was more so the entire journey of the season, the, the practices, the, the road trips, and yeah. uh, you know that that's where you make your memories. This is just kind of icing on the cake in, in many respects. And guys, people aren't here to listen to us talk right now. <laughs> they want to know some scores. So let's break out our first basketballnight.com scoreboard of the night. Joe, we'll let you have the boys game that we have a score from. We're still working on it. And uh, I'll just go through the uh, the girls sectional play in a moment. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. Well, the only score we have updated on the boys' side of the scoreboard is at the end of the third quarter. It's the Petersburg Vikings leading the Pendleton Wildcats by a score of 53-44. to all right, thanks for that, Joe. Now, the girls' side. Catch uh, your breath, Joe. Th- these are all sectional <laughs> tournament games. 
In AAA, Region 1, Section 1, Wheeling Park defeats John Marshall, 80-25. to Buchanan Upshur has won a sectional championship, and the Buccaneers will host a regional game next week against John Marshall. Buchanan Upshur wins Region 1, Section 2 with a 45-40 victory over Morgantown. Also tonight, girls Class AAA, Region 3, Section 1, St. Albans defeats South Charleston. 48-41. It was Greenbrier East in Region 3, Section 2, defeating Princeton 76-37. So next week you'll have Princeton at St. Albans and South Charleston at Greenbrier East. I don't know if a lot of people saw that one coming. No. Also tonight, AAA Region 4, Section 1. Parkersburg on a three-pointer by Bree Wilson with 17 seconds left defeats crosstown rival Parkersburg South 51-49. The Big Reds will host a regional game for the first time since 2003, and they'll host Spring Valley. That's because Huntington wins Region 4, Section 2, with a 79-48 win over the Timberwolves. So next week, you got Parkersburg South at Huntington, Spring Valley at Parkersburg. Girls, AA, Region 1, Section 1. Philip Barber defeats Frankfurt 61-41. In Region 1, Section 2, it was Fairmont Senior over North Marion 70-69. Erica Bowles hits a free throw with 10 seconds left to give the Polar Bears the win. So Frankfurt goes to Fairmont Senior next week, and North Marion will head to Philip Barber. Region 2, Section 1, Class AA. Lincoln defeats Bridgeport 62-34. In Region 2, Section 2, it was Lewis County over Clay County 69 69- 61. So Bridgeport goes to Lewis County. Clay County goes to Lincoln next week. Here's where it gets very interesting. <laughs> Region 3, Section 2. Bluefield defeats Riverview tonight, 64-30. That means the Beavers will host Wyoming East in the regional next week because Wednesday night in the Section 1 championship game of Region 3, Westside upset Wyoming East. Right. So the the reigning state champions will go to Bluefield. That's a one versus two or one versus three, depending on which poll you look at. Matchup. Only one goes to the state tournament. Double <laughs> A Region Four, Section One, Winfield defeats Polka, sixty to thirty-seven. And a final score just in in overtime. Mingo Central's girls win the first sectional in school history in Region Four, Section Two, by defeating Chapmanville Regional, fifty-three fifty-one. So it will be Polka at Mingo Central. Chapmanville Regional at Winfield in regional play next week. Girls single A, Region 1, Section 2. It was Ritchie County 72, St. Mary's 50. And that's the only score we have from single A as of right now. Still working to get more. Basketballnight.com has all the scores throughout the course of the night and at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. That's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. And guys, before we go to the phones. Chris, I know you, you're, you're closer to that Chapmanville program, and you teach at Chapmanville Regional High School, and um, right on the cusp tonight. They had the ball with a chance to win at the end of regulation. Uh, Mingo Central comes up with a, a block shot to force overtime, and uh, the Miners get the win in the Logan Fieldhouse in overtime. Yeah, and again, Chapmanville actually led that game 44-41 to with about 36 seconds left and missed two free throws that could have more or less put that game away and then Mingo Central came down hit a corner three to send it to overtime and then in overtime Mingo got out to a four point lead Chapmanville cut it to two at 53-51 had the ball in the last possession and just couldn't convert
convert at the end. But again, Johnny Williamson, first-year coach for them, stepped in in a tough circumstance, lost their best player uh, midway through the year, had another one of their longtime starters end up uh, dropping off the team as well, and it has done this with only one senior and two juniors on the team. One of those juniors tore their ACL, too, the other day and was out. So you're looking at a very young Chapmanville girls team with a bright future, but it's going to be very difficult getting to Charleston now having to go through Winfield. Yeah, Winfield, a uh, team that dropped down this year, and then um, ZZ Russell, a freshman who has had an outstanding season. Um, she came in from Hurricane Middle, went to Winfield High School, and and then they have a bunch of those soccer players that have had such a great <laughs> run, just great athletes. Right. And uh, they just they, they get out and press you. And, uh, you know, Winfield had to they, – they actually, Winfield struggled more in the sectional semifinal. Uh, they only had a three-point lead at home over Wayne at halftime and ended up winning that game by eight. So, um, you know, the, the generals, though, stepped it up tonight against their uh, county rival, Polka, and they take down the dots – but uh, another storyline from last night was one of the best finishes I think that you could possibly come across in girls' high school basketball in the postseason in Mount Storm, West Virginia. <laughs> Moorfield, places. Yes. Moorfield where, taking where his else? team into <laughs> Union to take on what is actually that's the Union Educational Complex mm-hmm. because it has all levels of, of, of schools there together. And that's a school that has 68 kids, 9 through 12, against Moorfield, which had over 400 kids, 9 through 12. So you talk about, remember AAA, like, oh, we had to play schools twice our size. Well, Union has 16.7% of the enrollment of Moorfield, and they're in the same classification. So the AAAs that were a little bit smaller, get over it. But, uh, you know, um, that, that's, again, that's my opinion on it. But uh, the game came down to the final horn. Union was down by two. They have the state's leading scorer in Kalina Burdock, who went over 2,000 points for her career earlier this year. Uh, she averages 35 points per game. She's had an outstanding season. She's had an outstanding career. And Ethan Georgia, WVXS Radio, had the call of those final moments and those final seconds in Mount Storm last night. Second shot up and no good. Angel Man gets they the They have to hurry up, Burdock. She, does she get it? She got it! Kalina oh Burdock! <laughs> the buzzer from half court are you kidding me that was the call on WVXS radio from Petersburg as Kalina Burdock hits the three it's ruled good from half court maybe even a foot on the half court line you can't but, argue with the referees uh, I mean, that was, no, and, so and the decision hard. is final Ethan George joins us now on the call and he had the call that game he joins us on the phone and Ethan it doesn't get much better than that for a finish buddy <laughs> No, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about that game now. Before we get to the, the final stretch of that one, Union is a high-scoring team. Moorfield the only one to hold that team under 40 all year, and they did so twice. Yeah. Union still won both games, though. Yeah, Union came in at 21-2 and on the season, winning 16 straight up until that point, and Moorfield was sitting at 12-11. and all right, so you were there. We have to we have to mention this before we get too far along. We can't just let it go. 
your initial thought watching it live, did you think that the shot got out of her hand before the buzzer? Honestly, I did not think it did. And did that make but that's, did that make that last few ahead. seconds more difficult to call as well? Because you're you're almost waiting on the official to confirm what you thought, waiting on maybe the the shot to be wiped out, and then it's counted. Right. I think it kind of affects the way you handle that last you know frantic you know two seconds or so there of figuring out whoa okay the shot went in does it count? Yeah, before I could even process it, the union fans were storming the court and. <laughs> It's hard to tell. Well, that's a big win for Union. And, of course, the uh, the Tigers will be back in action tomorrow at Kaiser High School, taking on Tucker County in the sectional championship. And, uh, Ethan, for Union, a lot of people may not know about the Union Educational Complex there in Mount Storm, a small school right along Route 50 in Grant County. And uh, that's a ball club, though. You mentioned their record, a sparkling 20 20- one win season at this point and uh, a team that you know yes Kalina Burdock does a lot of the scoring for them but they're not a one person show no absolutely not with like Angel Mann her rebounding game is great and Hartman another player for Union she's really effective for him Ethan, this is Joe Linville. I mean, w- when you call a game like that, I mean, you know, you're, you're into the game anyway, and, and a shot like that is made, and like you said, it took you a second or two to process it. What was your first thought when you think, oh, my gosh, the referee actually called the shot good? Yeah, it was hard to believe. Like I said, I wasn't exactly sure how they were going to call it since it was such a close call there, but came out in Union's favor. So Union gets the win, Chris Kidd. Yeah, again, uh, this is Chris Kidd. I was looking at the schedule here, and you saw where Union defeated Moorfield twice earlier back in December, and uh, obviously right. things changed a lot uh, as the season went on. But uh, how has this Union team maybe progressed from the early part of this season? And also after the game was over with, was Moorfield protesting the call at all? Um, Union, they have came together really as a team. And so just like you said, like a one-person show in Kalina Burdock, but they've started to come together more, I believe. And as far as the Moorfield processing the call, the coach, Coach Keplinger, he had his hands up, like wondering where the officials went because they ran out of there as fast as they could. <laughs> <laughs> out the back door. Uh, well, yeah, hey, we hey, again, in the moment, in that split second, oh, those so guys hard. do the best they can do to make that call right. That's yeah. a very yeah. difficult call. You're having to go by ear and sight simultaneously mm-hmm. in a loud kind of smaller gym so yeah. you know that's a, that can be tricky as well with the acoustics. You just don't know. Um, but you know, bottom line is shot counted. Union wins. Union plays for a sectional championship tomorrow. Ethan George, WVXX Radio in Petersburg. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, hey, you know, maybe you'll get another great call out of uh, out, out of things here before the postseason winds. You never up. know with Union. <laughs> Ethan, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. All right, that's Ethan George of WVXS Radio in Petersburg. Had that call. The wild finish of Union's girls' victory last night over Moorfield. That was a one-point victory for Union. We could see it. If you could, if you were watching our web stream or watching us on Network West Virginia, you could see it as well that the free throw that Moorfield missed, 
hit about every part of the rim yeah. and went about a third of the way in, too. I mean, so much had to happen there. The basketball gods were definitely with them, for sure. Oh, well, you know? well, and yeah, I mean, we even were able to watch it on the screen here. And, I mean, we had, you know, you were talking about sight and sound, and it was a little bit easier for us to maybe keep an eye on the clock and on the hand. But, like you said, in that split-second decision, I mean, how do you make that call? I mean, you're trying to listen and watch at the same time. So, I mean, to, to sit there and say that, you know, they're at fault for this or they're at fault for that. And even we couldn't totally tell just by watching watching it so you know it's unfortunate for Moorfield and fortunate for Union but if it had been the other way around we'd be saying the same thing right now too yeah absolutely and we hope to be able to have Kalina Burdock on a little bit later on but uh, I've talked with her earlier this week we'd actually already planned on having her on the show <laughs> I worked on this on Wednesday to get her on the show for tonight and then you know last night she goes and hits a game winner like that and becomes a, <laughs> Makes it kind, a kind of big deal but um, no, we hope to have her on but in typical fashion of uh you know, kids that age, her brother senior nights tonight, so she'll be a, bit, oh, a little bit later on the show. So, you know, hey, that's how it goes. Hey, you're a hero one night, and the next night you're back in the stands cheering for your brother. So, could you imagine Chris Kidd calling a ball game like that? I mean, oh. he gets excited anyway. Oh. He, he would just be totally beside. We might, so. might, might have had to get the shock panels out for that. Well, your, your television would have broke because of the decibel levels that would have eroded out of my mouth at that point. So, it's probably a good thing I wasn't there. And, but we thank uh, we, we thank them so much for giving us uh, permission to use. That video and that call as well. That was fantastic, guys. That's what high school basketball is all about. It's unfortunate for Moorfield. My heart goes out to their players. You know, there's some seniors who yeah. that's how their high school career ends uh, to their their coaches and their fans and the, the parents as well who put so much time and effort into it. And again, that that's a tough pill to swallow. And at the same time, you have to celebrate the, the victory for Union. I mean, that was a heck of a shot. And they've had a magical season. They're kind of like the little hickory husk of, Wayne, uh, yeah. of West Virginia high school basketball right now. And, you know, um, Could you imagine, you know, within those last two seconds, I mean, the Moorfield fans and team are right here. And, I mean, just that quick and it, the bottom drops out of it. Just unbelievable. That's the, uh, well, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat yeah. all in one uh, Bell swoop right there. Yeah, but you you do love that for these small schools. I mean, you have schools like Union, Papa. Uh, you know, even whenever I, first job I had in media after I graduated here at Marshall was working with a Logan Banner covering Hearts whenever they were still a school. And whenever they lost their school, uh, it was just devastating to that community. Still is. You know, I talked with Harry Kirk, and you know, he even teared up sometimes whenever he talks about the old days at Hearts. So, I mean, these small schools they mean so much to these communities, and it's great to see whenever they succeed like this. I'll tell you this. This was a day that would have been nice for hearts because it's 70 degrees outside. Can you imagine the, how hot it would have been inside the, 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 oh, the old sweat box? 95. Yeah, yeah. Harry would have had it tuned up to about 130. In. Yeah, that we always had a good time talking about hearts had the, uh, the, the quote-unquote sweat box gym where they had the heaters on full blast. Four of them, actually. Even uh, in the summer. Yeah, no matter all year round. But right now, we'll step aside, take a break. We'll come back, talk more high school basketball throughout the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Our first break along the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long 
with basketball Friday night in West Virginia for three hours right here, 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You'll hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that has called, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all of high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight and share your team's game. Call us toll-free, 1-855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Again, follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Shout out to some of our newest followers. Just following us a few moments ago, Darlisle Dooley, Laura Clutter Lemons, Rachel Moyers, Ethan George, which we heard just a few moments ago, the sports director at WVXS, Kalina Burdock and WVXS, Jeff Dixon, Greg Saunders, Andrea Lugo. They're all part of the basketball Friday night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter. At hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to basketball night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 921 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Chris Kidd, and Joe Lindell. Fastest three hours in radio with you until midnight all along the Fast Break Sports Network. Postseason time, guys. We've been talking about this throughout the course of the show. It is such a an interesting time. And, of course, we want to let any, anyone know, too, we've added another way you can watch our show. <laughs> uh, you can watch us on Periscope. So if you have that app, you can pull that up, watch our show there. You can leave us comments. Uh, we're watching the Periscope uh, feed right now here on set. So uh, <laughs> please be kind. Uh, but, uh, I'm going I'm to send in something about the host right yeah. now. Yeah. That would be, <laughs> Nothing about abuse or anything like that. Chris, anyway. you're a co-host right now, so that's actually uh, self-spoken right there. But, uh, yeah, that, that's uh, – yeah, way to go, Chris. Um, but, you know, one of the better turnaround stories over the course of this basketball season, in my opinion, is that of the Scott Skyhawks boys team. Joe, you, I know you, you cover that team or are close to that team. And it was a slow start. It was a struggle. And toward the end of the season, that team got to be pretty good. You know, they, they had a new coach, uh, Coach Steve McComas, who had been an assistant at Scott for many years, came on board. And, you know, they started off on like a five-game losing streak. And, I mean, you know, when you go 0-5, everybody pretty much at that point writes you off. Uh, you know, they struggled. They won a game or two here and there. And in the middle of the season, uh, they beat – and I'm going to let Coach tell this. I, I talked to him uh, last night, and they, they won a game and just – Turned their confidence level around 100%. And, and 
from that point on, you know, they've really been playing some ball. Finished, uh, I think, uh, five straight wins there at the end of the season. And, you know, these guys are pumped and, you know, getting ready as they face Lincoln County tomorrow night at Chapmanville Regional. And that should be a good game. And speaking of Coach Steve McComas of the Scott Skyhawks, he joins us now on the program. And, Coach, welcome back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia. And I'll, I'll say it right now. If I had a Coach of the Year vote, you would get my vote right now. <laughs> I appreciate that. And, but obviously, that's. I think, a, I, think we're, I think I'm a long way from that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's obviously the, the type of turnaround that you've had over the course of this year requires not just the hard work from the coaches, but the kids have to buy in and, and go with you as well. Uh, tell me about uh, being able to kind of again. You've been with that program. It's not like you were just brought in fresh for them, but. Uh, to, to get them to uh, kind of see your vision of how you wanted them to play and to see them step up their level of play over, you know, as the season progressed? Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, I've been with them, I think, uh, this is 13 years. Uh, you know, starting the season, we, we just started with, we had two returning starters, but the rest of the guys have never seen really any varsity action at all. So, you know, it's it's been a learning curve for us all. I uh, knew it was going to be tough going in, but you know, the, like you said, the kids have bought in. They worked hard, and, uh, and they've, they've you know developed this confidence in the last you know last ten, twelve games, um, and understanding what what we expect out of them. This was a team that was one and nine at one point going into the Hatfield McCoy shootout at the Williamson Fieldhouse, and you beat Sheldon Clark, Kentucky, seventy five. 73. That was a Sheldon Clark team that, by the way, had also beaten uh, Johnson Central just earlier that week. Johnson Central is a very highly thought-up team in their district uh, with, and in their region within Kentucky. So did that win over Sheldon Clark kind of, I don't know, maybe did the light bulb go on it, at that, ni- that night? It, it, it did in points. I mean, we've uh, it, it went on some. I mean, we were starting to see a little bit. Uh, in spurts, you know, we still have uh, points in the game for it. Go, the light ball goes off again. But, you know, it did go on that game. Uh, we started seeing some things. And after that, you know, we, we we did say, hey, you know, like you said, Seattle Park's a pretty good team. They beat Jonathan Central, who uh, who uh, is, is highly regarded in Kentucky. And, you know, a lot of them scores from Kentucky. When you play Kentucky teams, it's uh, it's good basketball, right? So uh, it's a it's a different brand than what what's played. So uh, well, it was a good team to beat, and uh, it did go off. But we've still been up and down since then. But we've uh, the guys continue to work, and they've uh, they've bought in, and like you said, and uh, it's starting to click a little bit. Coach, but, you know, oh, like, but I said earlier we just had a you know. Just two two players with any varsity experience, so it was a it was a struggle to to get guys to slow down, you know, against the, the speed and, and take it in, because uh, you know all all the guys as sophomores and freshmen just playing besides the two the two seniors. So it's been an interesting uh, season for sure. Coach, you was talking about those two seniors, and in 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 recent, in the last few games, those two guys have been injured. Uh, I know uh, Alan Johnson uh, has been out with a wrist injury, and and Andrew Day battling that ankle injury. Uh, give us an update there, and how has that affected your team? Uh, 
It, it has affected them, and, and they was out. I mean, they both set out against Sissonville. When we go to Sissonville, and we, we played really well at Sissonville. We started the freshman for the first time. Uh, Jack Bell, he really had a great game at Sissonville for his first start. I think he had 22 points and 11 rebounds. I mean, he, he had a great game. He's been he's been really coming along, and not, not long only him, but the rest of the freshmen is awful. I mean, John Hampton, freshman, he's, he's had a couple big games. The other day, the Catholic Hunter Atkins stepped up. He he hit four or five three, scored twenty one points. So Brandon Elkins, you know, he's been in the twenties a couple of times. I think he's averaging around twelve points a game. So we've uh, we've had several kids to step up and score points. And uh, we got Cole Moore, another sophomore, Nathan King, a sophomore, playing great defense. And uh, so we, you know, we're, we're coming together. We're picking at the right time. I'd like to add another week or two to get there, but you know, it is what it is, right? Well, Coach McComas, I was looking at your all's record throughout here, and again, I think your defense has been very impressive over the last several games. Again, holding Wayne to 34, Clay County to 42, a very high-scoring Sissonville team who can explode on anybody to 63, Charleston Catholic able to blow them out the other night, holding them below 60 as well. Uh, Your defense is really ramped up as well, and now that it's tournament time and you go up against a Lincoln County club tomorrow night that has a lot of big bodies, can bang on the boards can also have some outside shooters how are you planning on going about them defensively and hopefully keeping that momentum going on that side of the ball well you know we're going to, we're going to do what we've been doing i mean we're, we're going to play hard you know we expect them to play hard and uh lincoln county's got a good team now they're 16 and 6 they've got seven or eight seniors they've been there several of them have been starting since freshman so you know they're a seasoned team uh they've got a good team we're going to have our hands full uh, you know, we're going to try to put pressure on them and mix defenses up like we've been doing and see what happens. Coach, uh, tomorrow's a big game against Lincoln County. So, you know, what will be your uh, game plan for tomorrow? You know, team meetings, walkthroughs. Uh, tell us about the activities you have, you know, for the team prior to the uh, tip-off tomorrow evening. Well, we're going we're gonna to meet tomorrow afternoon, have lunch together, and then get, you know, go walkthroughs, go over film. You know what we're expecting to do. Just make sure everybody's on the same page. You know, have a shoot around before we head over to Catonville. So we'll we'll meet three or four hours before before the, the, the we're, we're leaving and just uh, watch more film and uh, just make sure everybody's heads on straight and on the same page. That's what we're trying to do. Scott Skyhawks playing their best basketball of the season at the right time going into sectional tournament play tomorrow against the Lincoln County Panthers at Chapmanville Regional High School. Steve McComas, head coach of the Skyhawks. Thanks so much for joining us, and we wish you and the New York Ball Club the best of luck tomorrow night. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks so much. And, again, guys, I think that that's a team. And I'll tell you what, Lincoln County's pretty good, too. That, that's going to be a good game. Whoever wins that game – has sort of been an afterthought in that section. They could be a spoiler. Yeah, I mean, ask Chapmanville how it went against Wayne a few years ago whenever they got upset by three at Willie Acres Arena. I mean, no one thought Wayne had a shot in that game, and here they come and knock off the one seed 46-43, to 43, and it was kind of similar in that regard because Chapmanville won easily over Scott in the regular season, I think 95-55 to 55 and 66-38, to 38, and they had kind of the similar road against Wayne as well, and obviously different players, different years and things like that. But if Brad Nepper's group 
falls asleep in that game or is overlooking them thinking about Logan or Mingo Central uh, the following Friday, they could very easily get beaten that ball game. And a lot of people have talked about that. And plus the 12-day layoff for Chapmanville, you lose a little bit of that momentum. So Scott and Lincoln County are lurking there. So Chapmanville better be ready on next Tuesday night because one of those two teams could definitely come in and knock them off. Even though Chapmanville's the one seed, you know, you can get overconfident. I've seen some, you know, big upsets because of that. So that's coming up tomorrow again. Sectional tournament play getting in full speed tomorrow. There are some games tonight. We'll talk about those. We'll talk about the girls' sectional play, which has really uh, starting to wind down as we head toward regionals next week. Uh, we'll talk with Dylan Godet in a moment, as well as Lynn Frederick. They had uh, they they cover Lincoln. Excuse me. Buchanan Upshur and Gilmer County respectively. We'll talk with them when we come back. This is break two. We'll be back with scores and more on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Join us online. Vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight. And we'll share the voting results with you. Last week, the question was, should video replay be used by officials during the state tournament? 57% of you said yes. This week's question... Should sectional opponents be required to play each other in the regular season? Go vote yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com, vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. You have many ways to view and listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and we have a new way that you can watch the show. We're on Twitter, Periscope. And we are also on, and we want to thank uh, Ken and Michael with Armstrong Cable. They worked uh, very diligently this week to get our video going on Armstrong Channel 204. So if you're anywhere between Crown City and South Point, uh, in the Greenup area, Boyd County, Kentucky, or uh, Huntington, West Virginia, Canova, Cerrito, and you have Armstrong Cable, Tune us in, channel 204, and you can watch the show right there. And we also want to have a big shout-out to Charles Adkins, who worked pretty much all day today with us testing to make sure that the video feed was working great. Thanks so much to Ken and Michael at Armstrong Cable and Charles Adkins. And what about those picks? Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. Ryan Epling, Chris Kidd, Joe Linville with you here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll go back to the phones. Dylan Godet of the Buccaneer Sports Network. He was in an outstanding environment tonight. <laughs> That's why Cannon Upshur defeated Morgantown in girls basketball. We'll talk about that sectional championship game in a moment. We'll also talk with Len Frederick, PA announcer for Gilmer County, the Lady Titans, gearing up for regional play now. Next week we'll talk with him in just a moment as well. But first, guys, let's get another check of the scoreboard tonight. 
I'll handle the girls' scores first, and then we'll we'll turn it over to Chris to handle the boys' scores for this. We'll, we'll give we'll give Joe a, a well deserved little break here. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Girls sectional championship games. Class AAA Region One Section One Wheeling Park defeats John Marshall eighty to twenty five in section or excuse me, Region One Section Two of AAA. But Cannon Upshur defeats Morgantown 45-40. So it will be John Marshall at Buchanan Upshur, Morgantown at Wheeling Park on Tuesday night. Region 3, Section 1 of AAA. It was St. Albans over South Charleston 48-41. Greenbrier East defeats Princeton 76-37. So Princeton goes to St. Albans. South Charleston goes to Greenbrier East Tuesday. Also, it was in Region 4, Section 1, Parkersburg on a three from Bree Wilson with 17 seconds left defeats Parkersburg South, 51-49. The Big Reds will host Spring Valley next week. Huntington in Region 4, Section 2 beat Spring Valley tonight. The Highlanders get the win, 79-48. So Parkersburg South will travel to Huntington on Tuesday night. In AA, Region 1, Section 1, Philip Barber defeats Frankfurt. Final score, 71-61. It was Fairmont Senior over North Marion on an Erica Bowles free throw with 10 seconds left. A classic there tonight. Fairmont Senior gets the win, 70-69. So Frankfurt goes to Fairmont Senior. North Marion goes to Phillip Barber next week. Lincoln defeated Bridgeport 62-34 in Region 2, Section 1. And in Region 2, Section 2, Lewis County defeated Clay County 69-61. So Bridgeport at Lewis County, Clay County at Lincoln next week. Bluefield wins triple or double A Region 3, Section 2, with a 64-30 victory over Riverview tonight. So Bluefield will host Wyoming East in girls basketball in regional play in the Brush Fork Armory next week, while Riverview will travel to Westside with a state tournament berth on the line. Winfield wins Re- Region 4, Section 1, with a 60-37 victory over Polka. Mingo Central goes to overtime and knocks off Chapmanville Regional tonight. 53-51 in AA Region 4, Section 2. So you've got Chapmanville Regional at Winfield and Polka at Mingo Central. Next week, state tournament bursts once again on the line there. Ritchie County defeats St. Mary's in the single A Region 1, Section 2 championship game. 72-50. The Lady Rebels get the victory in Single A Region 3, Section 2. Summers County and Meadow Bridge play tomorrow at 3 o'clock in the uh, ballgame. So, again, uh, championship game tomorrow at that sectional. Tomorrow, Summers County and Meadow Bridge. Region 4, Section 1. Class Single A Williamstown defeats Ravenswood 82 71. And St. Joe wins Region 4, Section 2 with a 69-23 victory over Tulsa. So Tulsa goes to Williamstown. Ravenswood travels to St. Joe next week. Chris has the boys' scores. All right, let me loosen up the vocal cords for this one. Again, we've got five games on the boys' side here tonight, and it was Petersburg knocking off Pendleton County 67-65 as Mark Burkholder wins it at the buzzer for the Vikings. Point Pleasant winners tonight over Wahama 81-61. Bluefield advances to 19-3 on the season as they hold off Princeton 68 68- to 62 and our two boys sectional games tonight South Harrison ends Tigers Valley season 58 to 54 and Oak Hill big winners tonight over Liberty Raleigh 88 to 31 and those are our boys scores for this Friday night 
We thank you so much for that, Chris Kidd. We go back to the phone lines to Dylan Godet of the Buccaneer Sports Network. And Dylan, third straight sectional championship for Buchanan Upshur. But this one might have meant a little bit more after the regionals were re- or sectionals were redrawn. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It definitely means a lot to the girls here tonight. Uh, but Cannon Upshur just has been the, kind of in the shadow of Morgantown here for a couple of years, and now they get the opportunity to play in their section and then host them for a sectional title. And with the great atmosphere you guys were talking about, it was rocking in there. Not sure there was an empty seat in the house, and they were able to get the win over over three time defending state champion there in Morgantown. So Morgantown not eliminated, just moving on to regional play. Morgantown goes on the road. Now Buchanan Upshur, you get a home game coming up next week for a, an opportunity to go to the state tournament, and it's against John Marshall, a ball club that was beaten pretty soundly tonight by Willing Park. Uh, in terms of making a state tournament, Buchanan Upshur, the feeling there has to be really good because, look, that sectional was difficult because Preston was a top-10 team, and they were the four-seed in the section. Yeah, it definitely was a very tough section. Preston could have competed in all sections across the state there. And uh, we just we got the draw there with the four tough teams in the section. And then tonight's game really had a little bit more to it. Wheeling Park's a, a team that's on fire right now. They're the last team to knock off Buchanan Upshur. So Morgantown and Buchanan are really battling, knowing the loser has to travel to Wheeling Park, which no one wants to do that this time of year. So uh, definitely added a little bit more to the game here tonight. But Cannon Upshur gets the win, and their girls will host John Marshall next week. And um, Dylan, I know you talked about the uh, the atmosphere in there. We saw the picture that you tweeted out of uh, pretty much a, a full gym. It looked didn't see any seats there, where, uh, from what we could see. And um, tell me about how the community has gotten behind this girls' basketball team. It's truly unbelievable what the community has. I I know. Both my parents are actually on the boosters program for the girls, and people have been reaching out, offering to uh, provide meals for the girls and stuff like that. It's really amazing what the kind of community atmosphere has created. When we went to the state championship, the state tournament last year, uh, they had a bus drive through town, and people congratulated the girls there tonight. Uh, And then tonight atmosphere, everyone in town pretty much, it seemed like, was there, uh, creating a great atmosphere. At the end of the game, everybody stood up, congratulated the girls, cheered them on. I've been... I've been. I lived in McCann my whole life now, and I, for around 20 years now, have not seen an atmosphere like it was here tonight. Even when the boys, 10 or so years ago, competed there for regional titles, it's just been coming from three years ago, a nobody there in AAA, and now one of the top teams. It really means a lot to the community here in McCann. The Buccaneers will attempt to get to the state tournament Tuesday night at home against John Marshall. Dylan, I know this is a, a fantastic night for uh, all Buchanan Upshur fans, parents, alums, everyone in that community, and the kids and the coaches. Enjoy it tonight, and, and I know that they will. Congratulations to that ball club, and uh, I'm sure you're looking forward to uh, next week already. Yeah, thank you. Definitely looking forward. I actually have two sisters on the team, so it really means a lot to me seeing them grow, <laughs> seeing the team grow. Uh, definitely means a lot. Well, I was going to let you go, but now that you mentioned that, let's hit that perspective here. You talked about your parents being on the Booster Club. You you have a different perspective uh, of watching this program grow and knowing the expectations that were maybe kind of put upon this group from the time they grew up. Because let's be honest, when a team is 
uh, as good as this Buchanan Upshur team is, they're, they're no secret to the community from when they're younger having success. Is this a situation where it's a team that's met expectations? Because sometimes that pressure can be a lot to live up to. Yeah, it definitely has. But these girls have been together. Uh, actually, I was just talking tonight with some parents there. They got together, the senior class, the junior class, and the sophomore class got together when they were in third, fourth, and fifth grade there. So they've been playing for a long time in trial basketball, starting uh, they wanted to go play in Wheeling. That was the first time they went to a big tournament, wanted to showcase themselves there in middle school. And then they've just been continuing to work up. Now they go to Ohio in the summer. Most girls kind of play for other teams, but really the core of this Buchanan Upshur team has played together in the off offseason. Uh, that's where it's really grown it. So really you're saying uh, playing together for a couple years now. These girls have played in the fall, in the spring, in the summer for, for many years now. And always team chemistry can be a big deal this time of year, especially that can sometimes overcome talent. We've seen that before. Doesn't help or doesn't hurt, excuse me, when those, that team with good chemistry has good talent also. <laughs> that makes them a great team. Dylan Godet of uh, the Buchanan Upshur uh, Buccaneer Sports Network. Thanks so much for joining us. And once again, congratulations to that ball club on that win. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. All right. And. Um, we're going to go to break here in just a moment. We'll talk with Lynn Frederick and Bill Nestor coming out of the break in just a moment. But before we go to break, guys, uh, I'll put this to Joe. When a community comes together like that, it's a it's a beautiful thing. It absolutely is. I was just sitting there thinking, you know, and it, it seems like it takes a winning program for your community to come out and kind of grasp behind you. But then once you kind of get that community effect going even if you have a down season the community's still there for you i mean i've had, i've seen it happen in my community you know time and time again you're up one year and down but you know it's awesome when a community comes around especially these smaller schools and just kind of wraps their arms around them and takes them under their nest so to speak and chris we just touched on it there briefly and before we go to break here team chemistry can be a big deal this time of year how many times have we seen a situation where the sum of the parts, the sum of the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And uh, by that I mean teams that work together and play together well maybe outplay their individual talent collectively. And I'm not saying that that's a, not a talented team, but when you have team chemistry, that can go a long way on its own. And like I said, you add in that they're a good, very well-talented ball club, right. too. It's going to make them a difficult out. Uh, throughout the remainder of this postseason. Yeah, and whenever Joe and I were interviewing Willie Akers and Alan Hatcher yesterday, you know, they both said that talent makes a lot of coaches look really good. And, you know, the, those are two coaching legends in the state, but I love what they talked about in that community because, you know, whenever you've played together that long, you're playing for something bigger than yourself. And you're playing for each other. You're playing for your community. You're playing for uh, your parents that took you on all those long road trips and uh, inspired you to do what you were doing. And that's why I said you see stories like this come about uh, every few years or every once in a while and it's so easy to get behind them and fall in love with these type of teams and it's so great to see like what we saw in those pictures from tonight and what that community's been able to do and get behind these girls. Just real quick this was back in the 80s and Logan was on their way to a championship state championship ball game in Charleston and I went up by quarter G and just parked and I mean it seemed like there was 10,000 cars went by, you know, behind the school bus headed to the Civic Center. And what an awesome sight. And and I'll say it again, guys. This is something that, that I truly believe in uh, as well. Team memories will outlast individual memories throughout the – things you do collectively as a team, things you can talk about with the people you grew up with 
will be things that uh that keep you bonded long beyond high school and, and into your later years as well and congratulations to Buchanan Ops for beating three-time reigning state champion Morgantown and hey I wouldn't want to play Morgantown either guys because no. that's still a good team <laughs> and they're still alive and they'll be heading on the road to Wheeling Park that'll be a great regional game next week yeah. to keep it on we'll step aside now for our third break we'll come back we'll go back to the phone lines to Lynn Frederick and to Bill Nestor and that's all but basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues on the fast break sports network Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And what about those picks you're seeing right now? Get your pictures featured on our video stream. If you're watching now, you can watch on YouTube. Go to basketballnight.com. You can watch it on YouTube. RSN Facebook Spades, uh, RSN Sports Facebook Live. And we're featuring your pictures from games around the Mountain State. You can also watch us on Network West Virginia Channel 2 if you're a Suddenlink subscriber. If you're an Armstrong Cable subscriber, we're on Channel 204 in the Tri-State area. And coming soon, we'll be on Comcast Channel 24, maybe 25. Check us out on Twitter, Periscope, many ways to watch Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with coach rick marone and ryan epling 49 on this basketball friday night in west virginia now 9 50 as we get with you until midnight here on the program ryan epling chris kidd and joe limble we hope to have coach rick marone in with us a little bit later on uh, tonight as well we got to go right back to the phone lines guys len frederick pa announcer for the gilmer county titans boys and girls ball club he joins us now on the program and len the reigning state champion titans girls ball club uh once again as we head into the postseason in prime position to try to make a run back into charleston well <clears throat> yes sir they uh they look very well very good and uh both sectional games, um, Trinity last night, and uh, I've, my mind's going blank right now. I don't even remember who we played in the first one. But <laughs> we, we played we we, <laughs> we played well all week. I know uh, it was a, a tale of a couple different games. In the uh, first one, Kylie Schuff, um kind of led the way. I think she had 19 in that one. 
and then last night Riley had 22 against Trinity. So I mean, it's one thing that's developed out of this team this year is um, different players seem to be stepping up in uh, big spots for us, and uh, that's that's been going on for a while now. 21 and 3 are the Titans after beating South Harrison earlier this week. Hey, I know you PA a lot of games when you forget who you just played. I understand that completely, by the way. Um, and also, uh, the win over. We had, we, had a, we had a really hectic week. We, we, had a, we had four home games this week, and we had a home game every night, Monday through Thursday. And uh, the boys wrapped up their regular season. The girls had sectionals, and both the boys and girls actually saw South Harrison now that you mentioned it. So, yeah, it was, it was a long week. A long week, but a but a good week nonetheless. And uh, you talk about getting ready for post or for regional play. And we're, when we look at the region now, um, after the reclassifications and the redrawing of sectionals and regionals, Gilmer County for a long time had been in kind of a southern swing in terms of they were actually in the same sectional as uh, or same regional, I should say, as St. Joe, and now they're in the same regional with. Union and uh, you know waiting on the the winner uh, of that game between Union and Tucker County they'll, they'll take on the loser uh, next week but um, just a completely different side of the state for uh, the Lady Titans to worry about. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's nice to kind of be out of the private school section of the region. Uh, we've had a lot of great teams that have. Uh, that have fallen short against Charleston Catholics and uh, Huntington St. Joe's. And I think even going back before that, we might have been in a region with Wheeling Central there for a while. So we've, uh, we've had some tough roads to go through. And I'm not taking anything away from Tucker and Union. I think Tucker and Union have a couple great teams, especially Tucker. We've seen them firsthand. But uh, it's, it's nice to, to see a different part of the state. Well, and you see a different part of the state, and I'll just we'll say what it is. You're playing schools that are much like Gilmer County, and that they're rural, small schools that are built around communities versus uh, teams that sometimes have a little bit of a larger drawing area. Yeah, yes, sir, absolutely. <laughs> uh, City boys, <laughs> <or> girls. <laughs> You know, I like how you just went. Uh, yeah, yeah. wasn't touching that nope. with a ten. I'm not going. I'm not going to put that on. I'm not, I'm not going to give him any more flag about that. I understand. Hey, Lynn, thanks so much for joining us, and um, I know you'll look forward to PA announcing that uh, regional game next week. And I got to tell you, someone who's PA'd a lot of games over the years, I've never done a regional basketball game, and I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look forward to it. I, I expect the environment to be great. We had a great crowd last night, and I'm sure we'll have another great one Thursday. Should be a lot of fun. That's Lynn Frederick, PA announcer for Gilmer County Boys and Girls. And, hey, when you have four games in one week, that is a busy week of home games. Let's go right back to the phones. Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. Uh, the Robert C. Bird Eagles, the voice of the Eagles. Bill, welcome back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Guys, thank you for having me on. I'm excited about uh, a chance to talk with you. It's been a long week since I talked to you last time. Uh, RCB took a couple tough losses on the chin there, but uh, rebattled last night and got a big win against Grafton. So feeling a little bit better talking to you here this evening. Yeah, sometimes it's better to, to hold off till uh, you have that uh, game where you feel a little bit better, like you said. Earlier this week, though, you go back to Saturday of last week, actually, and 
uh, Robert C. Bird losing at home to Bridgeport by six, uh, losing to Musselman, uh, who is very good. And, uh, and I'll actually talk with you a little bit about the Appleman in them perhaps in a moment. We might have to actually hold you through to the next uh, segment if we can do that as well. But uh, let's talk about that win over Grafton first uh, last night, getting a win over the Bearcats and breaking a little bit of a losing streak, a three-game losing streak with that win. And um, for Robert C. Bird, who's been a little bit up and down, you go into the postseason with a win. Yeah, big win. And as a matter of fact, RCB going into that game against uh, the Bearcats with four key players out because of illness. So they had to find a way to get different guys to step up and get the job done. And Coach Bennett had a chance to go a little bit deeper than usual on the bench, and uh, his bench responded. So those are all positives he's had in the postseason play. Well, and you mentioned the illness. Let's touch on that a little bit. It seems like, quite frankly, the flu bug has hit everybody. And we talked about it last week on the program. But um, just, you know, I'm more familiar with the area on the western part of the state. I know that the flu has just run rampant through here. Obviously, you're talking about the problems in the northeast part of the state or the north central part of the state as well. It doesn't seem like anybody's been immune to it. But this is a really bad time of year for uh, kids to be coming down with uh, illnesses. It is, Ryan. And, you know, typically you don't see it this, this late in the year. But uh, the, I think the flu strands have been an issue in, in terms of uh, you know, they guessed wrong. And, and, and so a lot of guys are getting sicker this year than usual. We've seen a lot more illness as a whole in the last four months in this north-central West Virginia area than what we have seen. And so for RCB, uh, they, they had four key guys out in the game against the Bearcats. And you talked about the loss to the Bridgeport last Saturday, they had their second leading scorer, uh, Lester, out of the game, and that was a big issue for them. So they had to overcome that uh, in getting the win against the Flame Eagles. And then uh, it, it turned around and bit the uh, RCB team in the in the butt ter- in terms of losing four guys in this game against the, the Bearcats. So in this area, when you look at it now, it's been more of an issue than it has been at any time in the last several years. Bill, can we so talk? it's something that, you know, you hate to see it for these teams. They're trying to build momentum, trying to get uh, chemistry and get things going the right way, hanging in the postseason, but you've got to find a way to, to overcome it and move forward. Bill Nusser, WPDX Radio. Uh, we'll, we'll try to get back with him in our next segment. We've got to take a break. When we come back, we'll also talk with Matt Boyd, head coach of the Fayetteville Pirates, who just finished an undefeated regular season. Those are rare, but they're not as rare as they once were. The Pirates, though, 21-0 going into postseason play this upcoming week. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia returns after this. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Well, we've mentioned all the places that you can watch basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Here's the places you can hear them. And a big special thanks to all of our radio affiliates. You can listen on stations throughout the Mountain State, including the all-new 92.5 FM WTHMLP, Ravenswood Ripley. Big thank you to Mike Graham. 94 Rock, WRLF and Fairmont. Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRC, LP, and Spencer. 104.5 FM, WASP, LP, and Huntington. 97.9 FM, 
WSPWLP in Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWP, LP in Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.7 FM, WHFI in Linside, 95 The Sports Fox, WBES in Charleston, 950 AM. 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, our friends in Logan, WVOW. Light Rock 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's 93.9 FM. 90.7 FM, WFGH 4K, WMTD, The Ticket, 102.3 in Hinton. 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmond, and Beckley. 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Second hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Ryan Epley alongside Chris Kidd and Joe Linville. Guys, we've got a lot of people on hold. Let's just jump right back to the scoreboard. Let's get a check of the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Joe, we'll turn you loose with the girls' scores. I'll handle the boys' scores this time. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to BasketballNight.com. These are all sectional games for the girls across the state of West Virginia. All these games are now final. It was Wheeling Park over John Marshall, 80-25. to It was Buckhannon Upshur, big winners tonight, over the Mohegans of Morgantown, 45-40. St. Albans defeats South Charleston by a score of 48 48- 41. Greenbrier East winners tonight over Princeton 76-37. Parkersburg, the Big Reds over Parkersburg South 51-49. Huntington, the Highlanders over Spring Valley 79-48. Philip Barber winners tonight over Frankfurt 71-61. And a tight one. It was Fairmont Senior over the uh, there was Fairmont Senior, the Polar Bears over North Marion 70-69. Lincoln, the Cougars over Bridgeport, 62-34. It was Lewis County over Clay County, 69-61. It was Bluefield, the Beavers, winners tonight over Riverview, 64-30. Big game for the Winfield Generals as they defeat Polka, 60-37. Mingo Central took it to overtime to overcome and beat the Chapmanville Tigers by a score 51, or for correction, 53-51. Ritchie County over St. Mary's, 72 to 50. It was Williamstown, the Yellow Jackets, over Ravenswood by a score of 82-71, and it was the Lady Irish of St. Joe down in Tulsa tonight, 69-23. Boys scores tonight, sectional play. Class AA, Region 3, Section 1, Oak Hill defeats Liberty Raleigh, 88-31. 
Single A, Region 2, Section 1. South Harrison defeats Tigers Valley, 58-54. Regular season, Matt Burkholder wins it at the buzzer as Petersburg defeats Pendleton County, 67-65. Point Pleasant picks up a big county win tonight over Wahama, 81-61 in the Mason County showdown. And Bluefield defeats Princeton, 68-62. That's checkyourbasketballnight.com scoreboard. Before we went to break, we had Bill Nestor of WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. We go back to him now. Bill, I thank you so much for holding through the break. And, and really, right now, I just want to talk about that Muscleman Ball Club a little bit. You had a chance to see them in person. That's a ball club that um, you know they, they've made the rounds through the state this year, have, have kind of expanded out the Eastern Panhandle with their schedule. But you having seen them in person and they being one of probably the top two teams in the Eastern Panhandle this year, the chance to make it to Charleston in AAA, how good is that team? They're fantastic. I'll tell you, they're exceptional and they're well coached. You know, Derek Basile is a fantastic coach. His father was a legendary coach here in north central West Virginia. As a matter of fact, the Notre Dame court named after him. He does a great job with this team. They've got the Stevens brothers that are fantastic inside. Jake is a big guy who also has some post moves that are they're some of the best that I've seen this year. And they're well-disciplined, uh, they're deep, and they're, uh, they're uh, the kind of team that is uh, capable of going far in the postseason play. You, you look at postseason basketball, it's a little bit different than what you see in a regular season. And, and they're, the, they're the kind of team that's made for the second season. So they, they really have an opportunity to uh, to contest for a triple-A championship. Bill, thanks so much for staying with us through the break and uh, being able to give us a little bit of insight there on Musselman. And always a pleasure. Look forward to uh, speaking with you again perhaps next week as Robert Seaberg gets into sectional play. Guys, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well. Always a pleasure. That's Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio. Let's go right back to the phones to Matt Boyd, head coach of the undefeated Fayetteville Pirates, the only undefeated basketball team in the, in the state, state of West Virginia. <laughs> the boys from Fayetteville, 21-0. and Coach Boyd, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks, guys, for having me. Nice win over Independence last night to cap that 21-0 and regular season, a 75-54 victory. Uh, I know this is a ball club that has had some really good seasons, and I was almost criminally underseated a couple of uh, times along the way over the years. Tell me about this ball club this year. I know there were some expectations. Forget the record. Have they met them with the level of play that you had hoped for? Yeah, you know, we came into this year with some high expectations. And, you know, I don't know if you ever go into a season quite thinking you're going to go undefeated. But, uh, you know, I think right now we're playing our best basketball going into our into our sectional tournament, which is what I'm very happy with. You know, uh, anytime you go through a season undefeated, you're going to need uh, some things to go your way throughout the year. And uh, We've stayed relatively healthy all year. You know, you talking about the flu bug, that kind of hit us here the last couple of weeks. But, you know, one of our strengths has been our depth. And that's kind of helped us uh, get through these last few games with uh, some starters being out with the flu. So, well, you're in a section with seven teams, and I wanted to ask you. I mean, obviously, six other teams than your own. How difficult is it for you to kind of balance your schedule out and be able to try to get eyes on all of those teams, ranging from 
Pocahontas County to uh, you know Marlinton to Webster County and Webster Springs and everywhere in between. Yeah, it's it's been tough. Uh, we are the only team in our section that has uh, played everybody. So uh, you know, you talk about being able to see everybody. We got an opportunity to play everybody, and uh, it's um, it's kind of difficult when you come into doing the seedings when everybody doesn't play each other. So it makes it kind of difficult. But um, you know, you said from going from Charleston to, to Pocahontas County, it's pretty pretty spread out section. But uh, you know, we we've uh, got to play everybody, so we've got to see everybody, and uh, so it, it's worked out pretty good for us. Coach, I guess one positive thing for your uh, team, you're playing in Oak Hill, your sectional game, so you don't have to travel far. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we're five <laughs> minutes down the road from Oak Hill, so yeah, that's that's good for us. Uh, we didn't get an opportunity to play Oak Hill this year, but uh, our kids have played on the floor before, so we're familiar with you know familiar with playing at Oak Hill, and I definitely hope that's going to be a, you know an advantage for us, you know, not having to get on the bus and travel a few hours. So it definitely definitely be an advantage for us. How do you manage these expectations now? Because sometimes we hear people say, well, a loss can be a good thing. Others say, you know, forget that. You just want to play well no matter what. And uh, obviously now you're to, you're to a point in the season where, I mean, you could get away with a sectional championship game loss. You wouldn't want that clearly because you want a regional home game. But uh, you're to a point in the season now where, you know, you don't have that luxury of building off of a loss, quite frankly. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're right now. You, you, you're uh, you're in sectional play, and you can't afford to lose. And, and uh, you know, some like you said, some people say a loss wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But uh, you know, our kids have have uh, you know they went through a football season. We've got five guys on our on our team that have played football. Went through a football season where they went undefeated. So you know, these kids have they had some high expectations in football, and you know they they responded in football. They've had uh, you know their high expectations coming into the basketball season. I think. One thing that's really helped us is uh, we start five seniors, and three of those guys have uh, have started since they were freshmen. So, you know, these kids have played a lot of basketball together. Um, they're very experienced. So, you know, stuff like this really doesn't seem to phase them. I mean, we really haven't – these kids haven't talked one time about being undefeated. They've really, really focused, you know, you hear it one game at a time, but we really – really focused at going one game at a time and these kids have done a great job of, of handling these expectations and you know everywhere we go we've pretty much been everybody's biggest game and been up for us and you know atmospheres have been great but these kids have responded and done a great job coach we thank you so much matt boyd of the fayetteville pirates first off congratulations on that 21 and 0 regardless of what happens from here that is a phenomenal accomplishment and hey we wish you guys the best of luck in capping that with uh maybe a little more hardware along the way well that's the plan i appreciate it guys thanks all right that's matt boyd head coach of the fayetteville pirates go right back to the phone lines to craig dutton wrrr radio in st mary's and craig for those of us on the outside seeing ritchie county not just beat st mary's tonight but do so with uh the manner in which they did somewhat surprising very convincing there, Ryan. Honestly, Ritchie County is a team coming down from last year, and I did a Facebook Live bit with him, Coach McCullough. Oh, he was running with emotion for Ritchie County tonight, and he still is. I just think I just caught him here at Wendy's in St. Mary's, <laughs> and he is still high off emotion uh, as they head back to Ritchie County, and they're excited because they had that win over Roan County last year in the section, but dropping the single light and playing the likes of Magnolia and St. Mary's 
who's been in the regional finals for a number, number of years against one another. They go in and defeat both of them on a neutral court tonight. They have three young ladies, all the Kirk sisters. They have Samantha and Stephanie, who are seniors, and Andrea, who is a freshman. All of them are very long, very tall, very athletic young ladies for Ritchie County. And they're able to make up the difference, you know, with Cassie Tallman, who plays a point guard for the Ritchie County Lady Rebels. They're a very, a very good team. And honestly, going into this matchup now with Cameron upsetting Valley in the region in the Section One tournament, they'll take on Wheeling Central tomorrow. A lot of people are already wanting to give it to the Lady Knights, and I, I understand why they're the number one or number one, number two team in single A this week. They uh, definitely are a team to watch out for. But Ritchie County, if they get Cameron. Being in the state tournament is a big, big accolade for the Lady Rebels. You know, to be able to go down to Charleston, have that on uh, on their um, have that on their resume for what they've done over the years. Now, St. Mary's uh, just had a night where they just weren't shooting well. They had a good night, a game earlier in late in the season where they defeated Ritchie County, and they'll go wait and see who they get to play next Thursday on the road. Um, honestly, it probably would be the Wheeling Central matchup. Not nothing that Coach Howard Meeks was looking forward to. But it's one of those things where they had a game plan, he said, tonight, and they just never came through with it and didn't even start with it to begin with. And a lot of it early on was fouls. You can't get behind in fouls at all whatsoever early on. They started losing some of their key players middle of the fourth period when they desperately needed to try to get some scoring back. By then, Ritchie County was very dominant on the floor tonight and led 28 points by senior um, uh, Stephanie, uh, Stephanie Kirk, who led the way in scoring tonight for Ritchie County. Craig Dutton, WRRR Radio in St. Mary's as tonight it was the girls from Ritchie County picking up a big victory over the Lady Devils of St. Mary's, Lady Blue Devils. And uh, Craig, for St. Mary's for this program, you mentioned having to go to Wheeling Central Perhaps. Oh my. In the regional. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. And, yeah. and uh, you gotta say that, but honestly. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That, that that's likely to happen with a, a Willing Central team that's currently yeah. twenty two and one. But Saint Mary's, I guess they've been so close over the past few years. I mean, they had a lead late against Saint Joe last year in the semifinal, couldn't quite get that victory. Oh my. Um I've gotta think there that it's basically state championship or, you know, then it's just another good season. Otherwise, um, you've got to beat Wheeling Central at some point. I mean, might as well go try to do it now, right? Well, Penn Kurtz up at Wheeling Central knows about St. Mary's in the past. You know, he's had his troubles with them in the past, and it's in Penn Kurtz's mind. Regular season, usually they beat St. Mary's. Postseason in the past, it never usually happens. So that's wearing on the minds of the Lady Knights. They want to be able to get a win over the St. Mary's Lady Devil program. St. Mary's has to come in and play a perfect ball game if they get Wheeling Central next Thursday night. Because, you know, he was there tonight. I saw Coach Kurtz. He was sitting behind uh, Coach Howard Meeks in the bench for St. Mary's. So he was well scouting. I'm sure Cameron's coach was there as well. And, you know, yeah, Wheeling Central is a team, I think, that desperately wants to get that win. But you're right. St. Mary's is a team that's had their success in the past, but they got to play a perfect ball game stick to the game plan that Coach Meeks and his uh, staff has put together, and I, I think they'll come through with it and just keep positive heading into that matchup in the regional. Um, and honestly, Ryan, I'm, other than that, I'm right in between girls because tomorrow St. Mary's hosts the 4-5 and five matchup in the boys, so I go right from girls, and then tomorrow boys starts up in the Section 2 tournament for us. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year, Craig. 
Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> but I'm looking Christmas. forward to that as well. It's the same, same format as it is with the girls. So whoever loses tomorrow night will host the rest of the tournament. Who wins will go on and take on top-seeded St. Mary's on Tuesday night. <laughs> so, uh, again, St. Mary's girls will wait on the winner of the Wheeling Central Cameron game, which is tomorrow in the girls' mm-hmm. uh, sectional championship game there, and that will be a regional game next week. Craig WRR, always a pleasure. Hey, thank you, guys. You all have a wonderful evening, and look forward to giving you more updates as we get farther in the postseason. <laughs> so, sounds good. Again, that's Craig Dutton, WRRR, Radio in St. Mary's. Got him in four times there. <laughs> Going in, back to the phone lines. Before we go to break, one more, we'll squeeze in one more phone call here. Richard Strickland, WBES Radio in Charleston, 95, the Sports Fox. And tonight, St. Albans girls beat South Charleston in the sectional, and uh, Richard, that was a nice win tonight for the Lady Dragons. Uh, yes, it was. Um, first of all, on behalf of Brandon Lowe and the Brandon Lowe Show and WBS 95, the Sports Fox, we appreciate the relationship that we have with you guys um, and being able to carry your show over on our channel. So we uh, appreciate that and enjoy the relationship. Well, we thank you. And, well, and uh, always good to have more members of the family here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And uh, now we've joined each other's family in that regard. And uh, like I said, St. Albans getting that win tonight, that was big from a standpoint of the loser was going to have to make a road trip across the state into uh, Greenbrier County to take on the governor and uh, his ball club at <laughs> Greenbrier East. And for St. Albans to get that win, now another chance for a home regional game and, and trying to break back into state tournament play, this might be the best opportunity that that ball club's had. Yeah, and let me we'll cover that here in just a second, but let me get to the game itself. Um, basically, the first and second quarter uh, was a, I won't say it was played very, not sloppy, um, but St. Albans basically played a 1-2-2 and a 2-3 zone throughout the game trying to eliminate uh, uh, take uh, Aaliyah Dunham out of the equation. By the way, and I didn't know this, she was the second leading scorer in South Charleston history, only to the great Renee Montgomery. Um, at the end of the first, South Charleston was up by one. At the end of the second, South Charleston was up by three. Both teams were shooting around 25 to 26% from the field. Uh, in the third quarter, for about the first three minutes, it was a defensive battle as nobody could score. South Charleston made a bucket and went up by five, but last five minutes of the third quarter, St. Albans uh, made a run, and at the end of the third, they were up by three. In the fourth, they stretched the lead up to 12. Uh, South Charleston could only get that back to eight with about two minutes and 30 seconds to go in the game. And what this game really boiled down to, gentlemen, was the fact that um, St. Albans defensively uh, did not want to go man-to-man. They did not want to allow Leah Dunn to try to drive to the hoop and play uh, one-on-one basketball. I mean, she put up 34 against Capital, and, um, you know, that just didn't happen tonight. Uh, St. Albans also did a good job of shooting free throws, particularly down the stretch. And when South Charleston decided to roll out the press in the middle of the fourth quarter, um, they were able to break it and uh, basically work the clock uh, down and a really good win for uh, St. Albans because here's what people don't realize. Some people take a look at the record for St. Albans and say, well, they're 14-8. and eight. Yeah, but out of those eight losses, five of them, two were to South Charleston, two to were Huntington, and one was to Greenbrier East. 
So you're talking three of the best teams in the state. Uh, out of those eight losses, five of them go to those three teams. Definitely a ball club that has played a tough schedule and has had success against it as St. Albans, South Charleston, very good as well. Both those teams have an opportunity to advance to the state tournament next week. Richard Strickland, 95 The Sports Fox in Charleston, thanks so much for calling. Hey, gentlemen, have a good evening. Thanks. You as well. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Mike Fallon, head coach of the Parkersburg South Boys Ball Club. A program favorite who we haven't had a chance to speak with this year. I'm looking forward to it. They did something very, very nice, community-oriented. Very few do it better. We'll talk with him when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia returns on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Doug Workman, Lauren Antelock, Chandler Stacy, Emily Sarborn, Seth Meadows, Veda Amani, Reese Nichols, Ellis Bryson III, Marcus McAfee, Cheyenne Dunham. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. And yes, you're going to meet a new standout athlete of the week shortly. You have someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Tell you about some places you can see all these pictures and watch Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Uh, each time uh, Marcus comes up here to the to the control room, I get a new list. So here we go. You can watch us on Network West Virginia, Channel 2 Statewide, Facebook Live. Go to the RSN Sports Facebook page. You can watch us on Facebook Live. Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. We're on Periscope, Armstrong Channel 204, and go to BasketballNight.com, and you can click on the YouTube link there, and you can watch it that way. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 1021 on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling and Joe Linville. Chris Kidd with us as well. Dylan Stone joins us now. We'll talk with Mike Fallon in just a moment, but first time for our standout athlete of the week. Our special correspondent, Dylan Stone, with us to introduce us a little bit more to this week's standout athlete of the week, Cody Jude of the Tulsa Rebels. And Dylan Cody just scoring uh, his 1,000th point on the floor. But uh, at 6'7", he's someone who can uh, do a little bit more than just uh, play around the basket. Yeah, he's he's a pretty skilled for being six seven. That was something that his dad uh, told me when I talked to him earlier. Was 
uh, that, that he can really he worked on being able to take people off the dribble and uh, be able to handle the ball to just present another matchup problem being you know six foot seven. And he's also very active, though, in the community. Uh, Tulsa consolidated school from about 30 years ago now, though, but of uh, Fort Gay and Crom. So he's been a, still a big help, not only from a size-wise being big, but uh, also he, he's very active, though, in, in the Crom community. Yeah, he is. He, he likes to, uh, to work with seniors and try to, uh, to, to help them be able to get to doctor's appointments, things like that. And uh, he also is, is uh, someone that, that helps out in his church with uh, – uh, I know that he likes to, to play the guitar there in, in the band for the church, and that's just something that, that he feels like something that he's good at that he can give back to the community in that way. And, and th- I'm going to say this. This is not a negative stereotype. This is it's kind of fits a stereotype of, of country, rural West Virginia, plays the guitar, plays the banjo, rides dirt bikes, and hunts in his spare time. Exactly. Yeah, he hits uh, he hits the big four there, so he, he's he's pretty well rounded in that regard. But he's also an honor roll kid and a kid who's scoring uh, a lot of points per game, helping the uh, Rebels off to a, a pretty good season, their first season back down in Class A. And uh, I say all those in a positive way because that means that's a well rounded young man. Absolutely, yeah. It's not just uh, it's not just about basketball for him. And even though he is very good at basketball, but he does have other interests. Dylan has more now on this week's standout athlete of the week, Cody Jude. Cody Jude uses his focus and fortitude to succeed both on the court as well as off for the Tulsa Rebels, and his love for the game of basketball is unquestionably apparent. These factors combine to make him this week's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia standout athlete of the week. The six foot seven senior has concentrated heavily on the sport since his days in youth league, and as his grandmother Judy Heskett says, that drive stems from Cody's love of the game. Basketball was always his first love, and he's been focused on that. He stays focused on that, and he plays with his heart because his heart's in it. His grandmother says he is always focused on improving and doesn't quit if things aren't going well. He's consistent, for one thing, and he don't let things get him down. He just keeps on going and striving to be the best player he can be, and he stays focused on that. Cody's father, Rush, says his son has always been skilled, especially for someone of his height. But Cody has concentrated on and recently become more adept at driving to the basket. Yeah, he can handle the ball well, and he's a good passer. He's got an excellent outside shot, and this year he's been working on driving toward the goal. Another area of improvement for Cody has been in the leadership department, and Rush Jude credits that to his son's time playing for an AAU team over the summer. In the offseason, between his junior and senior year, he played AAU ball, and I think he's realized the importance of having the leader on the court. Yeah, I think he's improved in that area a lot this year. Judy Heskett says even though her grandson has received many accolades, she is most proud of the way he conducts himself both on and off the hardwood. He's very respectable. He has good sportsmanship, and he handles himself very well in different situations. Away from basketball, Cody takes the classroom very seriously and maintains a near 4.0 grade point average. His father says his son knows the importance of having an educational foundation and therefore makes his schoolwork the number one priority. He's an excellent student. He hits the books, comes home after practice and does all his homework and the teachers love him. He knows the importance of making the grades. He knows that if it doesn't work out in the athletics at the next level, he knows he'll at least be getting there on the academic side. So that's definitely a priority for him is hitting the books and getting that done first. Cody recently crossed the 1,000-point milestone for Tulsa and was honored during the Rebels' senior night. He hopes to be able to continue his basketball career after high school, and that motivates him to continue to improve. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Dylan Stone.
Thank you very much, Dylan. And we go right back to the phone lines to Mike Fallon, head coach of the Parkersburg South Patriots Boys Basketball Club. And Coach Fallon, first off, we haven't got to talk this year. Missed it. How you doing? No, we haven't. Thanks for having me on tonight. <laughs> um, and already into you know the postseason play, my goodness. But that's not why we had you on the show tonight. We wanted to talk a little bit about something that uh, your ball club and your program did earlier this week. Um, we know that over the years you've had the Anna's Army, um, kind of the nights where you, you've honored um, that that movement and, and that organization for um, for that young lady. But now another person in the community named Haley, and now Haley Strong. You had what that was called, the Haley Strong. It's a hashtag. You can look it up on uh, Twitter. Um, and a game with special uniforms when you guys played Woodrow Wilson, who also helped take part uh, in that as well. Just tell me a little bit about what this situation is about. Um, with Haley, she had got cancer in um, fourth grade, and then they thought the cancer had went away. With well, over this past summer, it came back again, and you know, and she's battling and fighting. And um, she's a sophomore in our school, you know, and it's a, it's, a, it's a young lady that a lot of our kids have rallied around and everything. So this summer when I was talking to Anna and Anna's mom and stuff, it was one of the things, you know, we thought we could, the way Anna's Army's taken off, we could help spread the She's kind of like Anna, just a special young lady. I mean, she's a fighter. I mean, going through what these guys, these gals are going through to to do what they do and to stay happy and, and everything is just amazing. So Watching that and, and how they are kind of inspired us and our team to take part with with Haley Strong. Well, Coach, in, in this day and time, we know how much time and effort it takes for kids, for coaches, um, especially in basketball. I think basketball more than any other sport, quite frankly, uh, in terms of just the hours you put in. And sometimes you need something to kind of uplift you a little bit. And you look at those types of stories and you go, wow, I've got it really good. You know, it is, and, and that's one thing. And you're right, basketball is like a marathon. I mean, it's a five-month, just day-after-day day grind and everything. And, and and when you when you see those gals and they're trying to just get up daily and, and do what, you know, stuff that we take for granted, then you realize how fortunate we are and how lucky we are to be able to do the things we've done. And um, this game with Haley Strong was really neat, you know, and I want to thank Coach Kidd and, and the, the Woodrow Wilson for, you know, you talk about a class act program and a class act coach. I mean, they're, they're top of the line. They helped out with us. And, I, you know, I talked to Coach Kidd and asked him if we could, uh, if they would wear the yellow shirts and everything for warm-ups, and their kids did. And one of the coolest things of the night was when they were introducing their starters, their starters went over in the crowd and shook her hand. To me, that was one of the coolest, neatest things I've seen. That's where uh, sometimes high school basketball loses its way. It seems like you guys really have, have hit on what this is really – all about which is way more than just trying to win or lose which you spend so much time trying to win anyway but at the same time uh there's a lot bigger uh story to be had there and and coach before we let you go and i know you're getting ready for sectional play i know it's been a little bit of an up and down season for your ball club but uh you know forget wins and losses sometimes i think what you do with that community up there as a leader as the boys basketball coach at a school that 
has had a lot of success on the hardwood in boys and girls basketball. Um, being able to do things such as this uh, and really to use your platform in, in that manner, I think it really says a whole lot for you, the person. And uh, if you're half the coach at you are uh, in terms of as you are of a person, then I think uh, Parkersburg South's got to go. And we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. And I think it's just fantastic what you're doing in that community. Thank you so much, and I thank, I'm thankful for the opportunity to have Parkersburg South. You know, our community and our school is, is amazing, and the kids we have are, are pretty neat. And, and even these schools that are taking part with us, you know, Willing Park took part in the Anna's Army game and, and the Beckleys. You know, kids get a bad rap today in life, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of good kids and there's a lot of good coaches who are doing the right things out there, and I'm, I'm thankful, and I appreciate all the kind words. Mike Fallon, head coach of the Parkersburg South Patriots. Hey, Sectional tournament time now. You've got to turn your focus right to that. And, uh, but yeah, let's talk about this for a moment. You're in a sectional that has three teams. And we haven't really touched on this throughout the, the course of the program, but in AAA with just 29 teams, and this being the first year after the reclassification period, and we're seeing it play out right now, there are three sections that have just three teams, meaning that the number one seed gets the bye and that being Parkersburg in your section. But uh, we're talking about three teams automatically have a regional game and only have to win one game to get to Charleston, and that was based upon seeding. Is that something – I know you can't worry about the format right now because you have to play with the one with your in, but bigger picture, is that a little bit of – does it just seem a little off to you? Yeah, I think I wish we could come up with a better way of doing what we're doing. I think they did a great job by trying to switch things up, but I think we could almost go to like an NCAA tournament type thing where you know you rank the teams in the states. I know sometimes that's not always going to be a perfect scenario, but I think that would help. I mean, you look at the section with in the region with Capital, Beckley, Woodrow, South Charleston, those guys. I mean, that, that's a tough region. I mean, that's and and you make, sometimes you know the best teams in the state may not end up there and everything, but. It's uh, it's a tough thing, and I know with us being in the three team region, you know the highest seed automatically advances. So if we were the one seed, I probably wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't fail a lot. About it. <laughs> you know we've uh, <laughs> but we've been fortunate to you know in the past have been the top seed in our section, but um, and everything. But but I think there there would be a better way to to handle that. I think. Mike Fallon, head coach of the Parkersburg South Patriots. He'll be in action next week in sectional tournament play. Coach, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll step aside, take a break, come back, get you a scoreboard update, and then we'll talk about one of the biggest upsets in girls' basketball sectional play this year. Still one, though, where the team that lost can still make the state tournament. But, wow, the road got a little more difficult to Charleston. We'll talk about that when we come back. On Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. As we're halfway home on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. The Marshall University Sports Journalism degree is designed for you to find a job, put your knowledge and training to work after graduation. The program allows for students to concentrate in one of three exciting areas, print, public relations, or broadcasting. 
Our curriculum features skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on real-life experiences. Not only exposes the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback and career-launching advice. Marshall has 15 varsity teams that afford sports journalism majors the opportunities to cover them in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, and video. Hands-on experiences come through Marshall University's student-powered media, The Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and Heard TV, as well as communications campaigns, off-campus internships, and an expansive alumni network in all areas of expertise. The Marshall University School of Journalism is ready and eager to help you start your sports media career. Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Don't forget our poll question. Should sectional opponents be required to play each other in the regular season? Go to basketballnight.com, vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of basketballnight.com. And what about those picks? Send your pictures to us and get them featured in our video stream. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 10.35 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Lenville, Chris Kidd with you. We'll talk much more postseason girls basketball action as well as high school boys basketball action getting ready to go into sectional tournament play. Some already have tonight, but first it's time for a check of the scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. And three regular season games that finished out the season for some teams tonight. It was Petersburg, the Vikings, picking up a win tonight over the Pendleton County Wildcats by a score of 67-65 as Mark Burkholder uh, hits a bucket at the buzzer to win that game for Petersburg. It was Point Pleasant defeating Wahama 81-61. And Bluefield picked up another win as they defeated uh, Princeton by a score of 68-62. And a couple of boys' sectional games tonight. In Class A, it was South Harrison. The Hawks defeat Tiger Valley tonight 58-54. And it was a double-A game in Region 3, Section 1. Oak Hill, the Red Devils, picked up a win tonight over Liberty Raleigh by a score of 88-31. to Chris? On the girls' side tonight, all scores are final and all are sectional scores. Willing Park knocking off John Marshall, 80-25. to Buchanan Upshur, winners tonight over Morgantown, 45-40. to St. Albans coming in and knocking off South Charleston, 48-41 to in an upset this evening. Greenbrier East winning big over Princeton, 76-37. to In a tight one, the Parkersburg Big Reds knock off their rival, rivals Parkersburg South, 
51 to 49 as Bree Wilson hit a three with 17 seconds remaining to lift the Big Reds. Huntington Highlanders winners tonight over Spring Valley 79 to 48. Philip Barber knocking off Frankfurt 71 to 61. Fairmont Senior squeaks by North Marion 70 to 69 as Erica Bowles free throw with 10 seconds remaining lifted the Polar Bears. Lincoln winning tonight over Bridgeport Big 62 to 34. Lewis County defeating Clay County 69 to 61. Bluefield advancing past Riverview 64 to 30. The Winfield Generals big winners tonight over the Polka Dots 60 to 37. Mingo Central sectional champions as they defeat the Chapmanville Tigers 53 to 51 in overtime tonight at Willie Acres Arena. Ritchie County knocking off St. Mary's 72 to 50 after losing to St. Mary's by 15 just earlier this season. Ravenswood falling tonight to Williamstown, 82-71. to And rounding out your scores, the Huntington St. Joe Irish winning tonight over the Tulsa Rebels, 69-23. to As those are all of your girls' sectional scores for this Friday night. Thank you very much, Chris. And let's go right back to the phone lines. You mentioned that Bluefield beating Riverview sets up a big girls' matchup next week and one that was unforeseen at this time as it will be sectional runner-up Wyoming East traveling to Bluefield while Riverview will go to sectional champion Westside and we go you know something about Twitter and print journalism is that you don't get pronunciations (laughs) of the names of the people you read or follow uh, all the time and I want to apologize in advance to our next caller because if I mispronounce Rusty's last name here from the Beckley Register Herald I just it's out of ignorance and I admit to that openly (laughs) Rusty help me out here uh, it's Udy, U D Y. Just U D. All you gotta say is Udy. <laughs> Good deal, Rusty Udy of the Registered Herald in Beckley joins us now. Hey, uh, I've, you, I've, had it, I've, hey, I've had it butchered pretty good, so you know it's been some funny times with it. <laughs> you would think with only three letters, yeah, only three letters, you know, it would be easy to do, right? Well, you, you think that way, but you know, I've, I've, a really funny story about that is I was pitching in an All Star game back in the day. I'll tell you how old I am. I was pitching in Wapapow Park, and the guy pronounced it as Rusty Undy. So, like, you know, in front of the whole place, you know, that was like, wow. <laughs> of all the ways to butcher it, you know, didn't have to do that, but uh, it was pretty funny at the time. Rusty Udy of the Registered Herald in Beckley with us now. But, uh, Rusty, let's talk about the ball game that you had a chance to uh, see Wednesday night. Anytime those girls' teams or boys' teams, anytime basketball is played in Wyoming County, Anything can happen. There's that old cliche of toss out the records, toss out everything, because, again, those games are, are, are battles. And Westside's girls beating Wyoming East, I think, caught a lot of people off guard. Yeah, I think that really probably sent uh, more shockwaves across the state than maybe anything that's happened this year because, yeah, I mean, everybody was pretty convinced that, you know, even with the injuries that Wyoming East had, had suffered through the year that, you know, they were probably going to, you know, win win the section and most likely win the region and move on to Charleston without too much difficulty. But you're exactly right. I mean, you know, they a lot of cliches are are used time and time again with rivalry games, but they fit the Wyoming County rivalry to a T. And once you cross that line into Wyoming County, it's just a different world down there. And 
it's it's basketball like you know it's hard to explain unless you actually go watch them play each other especially in their own gyms when you know the crowd reaches that fever pitch and the, and it just gets to a point of such tension i mean you're sitting over there watching a game and your stomach is jumping like crazy and you're not even playing you're just watching <laughs> it. and it's unbelievable what goes on <laughs> so but you know Jamie Lusk and his crew they they pretty much they came out with a really solid game plan they were going to you know follow jazz blankenship basically all over the floor i mean she had somebody literally right in her face the whole night um, morgan thomas did a really good job down low with you know garden emily saunders but she had a little bit of help there you know she had, they had another player a forward down there brooke russell who kind of came over and helped a little bit too so they really neutralized those the two big threats that wyoming, wyoming East has and you know they just really played their game and and you know how it gets at those this time of year when you get into the third quarter and towards the fourth quarter and the game still you can see it in your sight people funny things start happening and people step up and hit big shots and that's exactly what happened you know morgan thomas stepped up and hit a big three to cut the lead to one and then freshman um pretty i'm going to double check her name but hannah toller hit a three that actually put them up and gave them the lead and so you know if you could just see kids kind of growing up right in front of your eyes and it was just an amazing game and it if, you had, if I hadn't watched it, I don't even know if I could have believed it. And, you know, all the response you got off Twitter was kind of the same thing, was, wow, what in the world happened? But this time of year, it's magic. And you speak about magic and something that was, a, I won't say a concern, because it, it almost sounds like we're bringing people's integrity into this, and we're not. <laughs> but I'm talking when I say this, I mean this in all seriousness. If Bluefield girls had wanted to, they could have found a way to intentionally lose their sectional game tonight and set up an easier matchup on paper. Hey, the folks at Westside will say, what are you talking about easier? And and I agree with them at this point. But, you know, on paper, an easier matchup in the regional. And Bluefield, thankfully, just went ahead and played Bluefield basketball. They won the game, so no questioning anything there. But uh, I worry sometimes that if you had somebody a little unscrupulous involved, that, you know, we could see something that would really bother a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, there was some definitely some talk about that. I mean, even immediately right after the game, you know. And it, it's kind of a funny thing, you know, because, first of all, I mean, outside of Westside's, probably their team and probably a small portion of their fans, you know, a lot of people had no idea that that outcome was going to happen. So, I mean, it's one of those things you can never guarantee. And, you know, when you do things in what's like exactly what you say, kind of an unscrupulous way, those things come back to bite you. And, you know, I felt like, you know, it never entered my mind because I, I know Bluefield's coach and I know that they're a very serious program. They're not going to lay down for anybody and they're not going to back down from a challenge. So I really felt like, you know, they were going to play to their fullest like they did tonight. But uh, it definitely, you know, when, when you can actually lose an affectional game and then still advance to a regional game, it, it does it does open those doors. But one thing I will say about the thing is, you know, the way the section regions are set up, it was designed to try to get the eight best teams to Charleston, you know, in a way that was somewhat possible. And it's kind of done that to a point. You know, I mean, there's still some odd things that happens along the way. And I don't know if you can really get a perfect, you know, perfect method to, to get the eight best teams. I mean, basically it just boils down to you got to play and you have to win. And, you know, as far as Bluefield was concerned, if I was Bluefield, you know, as a fan or a coach like that, I would always feel, I was kind of felt like I was going to get Wyoming East somewhere. 
if they somehow they did kind of what people were saying, kind of let this game get by them and they would go down and play West Side because they thought that was an easier game to win, likelihood of them hitting Wyoming East is possible again. So do you want Wyoming East in Charleston on a neutral floor? Or do you want to play them on your home floor where you have the advantage? Well, Wyoming East, to my knowledge, I don't know when the last time the girls actually played down there. I don't, I don't know if they do. When the meeting they had this year was actually in New Richmond. So they haven't played, I know, this year down there. So if I was Bluefield, I would think that my best shot would be to take them on my home floor while I'm the most comfortable. Absolutely. And thank goodness they did that rusty beauty of – the Beckley Registered Herald. Thanks so much for joining us. I know that was an amazing game, and we're just getting started in the postseason. Oh, yeah. You know what's funny about this, Ron, is, is when something like this happens early, you see a lot in the college game, and I've seen it over the years in, in high school, when something really weird like this happens, it kind of seems to, to set a chain of events into, into motion. You know? and, and although St. Albans, I didn't think it was a big upset tonight, you know, we've already seen St. Albans beat South Charleston, so some crazy things are happening. You know, the, the games are, are more equal than we, a lot of times we give them credit, and, and you really got to play this time of year. Always a lot of fun. That's Rusty Udy of the Beckley Registered Herald. And before we go to break right here, I do want to mention we all, there's a, you know, kind of a, you know, the air in the room has to, it has to be mentioned, though. We all know in 2015 in high school football that there was a coach of a double-A program that absolutely did not try to win a game in the last week of the regular season just absolutely. so he could avoid a that. certain matchup in the postseason and his team didn't get to the state championship that year. Uh, they did win the state title this year when they just played through and went undefeated. Go figure. Uh, but um, we all know that that happened. Unfortunately, the team that got that was involved on the other side, that was – one of the Wyoming County schools, it was Westside. Yeah. Westside wasn't the one who threw the game. Westside was the benefactor. They did nothing wrong. I, I only want to put them in that. But there are some unscrupulous people out there who are coaching. Thank goodness we didn't have anything like that happen. And upsets do happen, though. Bluefield could have lost legitimately tonight. That would have been fine. Yeah. But, uh, but definitely um, give a tip of the hat to the Bluefield Beavers because uh, they could have done something there that would have been very, very poor in the state and they chose not to they took the high road they did things right they do things right and we certainly uh wish them all the best as well we'll be right back with our standout athlete of the week and tg griffith wyap in clay county when basketball friday night in west virginia continues on the fast break sports network basketball friday night in west virginia will return in two minutes on the fast break sports network There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget our poll question. Should sectional opponents be required to play each other in the regular season? Go to basketballnight.com. Vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 1145 tonight to vote. We'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Many places to watch Basketball Friday Night now, and also lots of radio stations around the Mountain State. Here's some places that you can watch our video stream. Network West Virginia, Channel 2, statewide. On Facebook, Facebook Live, go to the RSN Sports Facebook page, and you can watch us live there. Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Periscope. Armstrong. Channel 204 in the tri-state area. Uh, 
Greenup, Crown City, South Point, Ohio, Huntington, and uh, over in portions of Wayne County and Boyd County, Kentucky. And, of course, go to basketballnight.com, and you can click there, and you can watch it on YouTube. Many places to watch Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And while you're watching right now, you're going to see a lot of pictures. We want you to send your pictures in so we can feature them in our video stream. How you get your pictures to us, many different ways. You can send them to us on Instagram, RSN Sports Facebook page, our Twitter account at hoops underscore roundup. So send us your pictures from games around the Mountain State, and we'll make them part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 10.50 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and we're back again to being in a situation where we've got a long way to go in a short time to get there. And I said that last week, and they played the song like immediately after that, and we don't need that right now. But it's time to get to our standout athlete of the week. He is a member of the Tulsa Rebels, 6'7", averages 23 points per game. Also an honor roll member, very active in his community and in his church for in Crum, which is one of the communities that makes up Tulsa High School. Cody Jude is our standout athlete of the week. He joins us on the program now. And first off, Cody, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Cody, your ball club uh, moving down into Class A this year. We'll start there uh, after being double A for the past about 10 to 12 years or so before this year. And uh, just tell me about what that move has been like in playing a lot of different teams this year. Your schedule dramatically different than it was just a year ago. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a big change for us. You know, like you said, being in Class AA for so long, stepping down, it's been. It's been a little bit more traveling for us than uh, normal, but um, we've, we've really liked it. I mean, as far as matchups and everything go, we, we, we still play the way and execute the way that we need to down the stretch, and that's what we're looking to do no matter what class. So hopefully when it comes section time, we can still show them that, you know, this – even though we've dropped down, we can still take it. Well, Cody, you, you've seen this firsthand, too. And, and just to give your, your perspective on this, you quote-unquote dropped down in classification, but that's not down in quality. Class A has good basketball teams. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I was actually a little bit, you know, going into uh, class single A, I figured – you know, there would be it would be a little more easy schedule on us, but I was I was definitely proven wrong. There are some great teams, and I definitely underestimated some of them. So let's talk about uh, off the floor now. Uh, someone who's active in your community, uh, active in your church at Crum. Just tell me how you got into uh, into the music side of things with church as well. Um, uh, the music side of things is is my roots. Uh, my whole family is is bluegrass. And I've grown up, you know, singing, playing in church, and being very active in that. My family actually is the church owners, so that you know, I just kind of fulfilling my role as far as that goes, and uh, just kind of picked up off of my entire family. Well, Cody, you have definitely have a, a good family, and and someone who I know uh, you put a lot into 
what you do on the court and put a lot of what, into what you do off the court as well. Uh, I, unfortunately, I, I wish we had more time. We're actually up against uh, up against it here tonight because we've got a lot of callers on, on hold with us. But, Cody, we thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week, and we wish you and the Rebels the best of luck in the postseason. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right, it's Cody Jude from Tulsa High School, our standout athlete of the week. And before we bring in T.G. Griffith here, guys, I think he pretty well summed up uh, why he's our standout athlete of the week there in terms of uh, Chris Way's able to do off the floor. Yeah, and I mean, we were able to go down and do a lot of games there whenever they were in Chapmanville and uh, Scott's region the last few years, too. And I mean, it's, it's a phenomenal community. I mean, those people, they love their basketball there. They come out and support whether uh, they were suffering through the tough seasons there two or three years ago or whether they were winning like they were last year and Cody Jube is a phenomenal player you know got to watch him he's very difficult to bring it into the paint on he blocks shots he can shoot from the outside I mean that's a kid that's uh, more than just one threat and I said he does a great job in that community and it's great to see great players doing great things for their people there going right back to the phone lines and we'll bring in Kenny Sayer head coach of the Polka Dots girls team Uh, they fall tonight at Winfield in the sectional championship game. But Coach Sayer, all is not lost. Back at it and a a chance to go to the state tournament. Now you're just going to have to go down into Mingo County and take on the the Miners next week. Yeah, you're exactly right. I tell you, it was was a tough game over there. I was really happy with our fan support, even Winfield. I mean, it was a a packed house for a girls game. I was very proud of both communities coming out and supporting these girls. Um, Winfield played really, really well. Uh, uh, we didn't, our turnovers was, was down from the, from the previous two games, but man, they just got at us and uh, really got us on the boards and they hit some big shots that we, we couldn't make, you know, like shots to get us off the Winfield. They, 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 they got us tonight. Well, you, you're coming out of a, 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 what was, I feel like, very balanced sectional. Um, Winfield was clearly the, the best team throughout the course of the season. I thought that any yep. given night, two, three, four could be interchangeable, and five could beat any of them on the right night as well. And yep. you're still out of that now, and now going with a chance to uh, to get to the state tournament. And you're going to a place that you've already won this year. You beat Mingo Central on the road uh, back on December 21st. Does that game mean anything at this point? <laughs> Sorry, I already lost that tape. I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, I uh, I lost the tape and also lost one of my better players. Uh, you know, I lost her middle of the season two after that game blew out of me. So uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, it'll it'll be a different game definitely definitely. Uh, Mingo is one of them teams I've seen them against Winfield. Uh, right there at the end, Sissonville at Sissonville, right there at the end. Uh, Mingo's just, they're, they're right there athletically as, as Winfield is. I mean, they're just, they're just, they're just that, that good. Kenny Sayer, head coach of the Polka Dots girls basketball team. We're right up against a break, but Kenny, or Coach Sayer, it was great to meet you up in Charleston yep. at the Bulls Journal Shootout at the Big House, and uh, hopefully we get to cross paths here again before too long. Hopefully, hopefully here in a couple weeks, buddy. Hey, sounds good. That's Kenny Sayer, head coach of the Polka Dots. The girls fall tonight to Winfield in the sectional championship game, but they will go to Mingo Central for a chance to go to the state tournament. Winfield will host Chapmanville Regional in a state play-in game 
next week. That's two hours in the books. When we come back, T.G. Griffith, WYAP in Clay County. T.G., we haven't forgot about you. Thanks for hanging in there. We'll have that and a scoreboard and much more, including a special guest. When Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. A special thanks to all of our affiliates tonight. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including the all-new 92.5 FM, WTHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, 94 Rock WRLF in Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP in Spencer, 104.5 FM WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP in Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP in Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburg, Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, 106.7 FM WHFI in Linside, 95 The Sports Fox WBES in Charleston, 101.9 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan, Light Rock 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's 93.9 FM, 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay, WMTD, The Ticket, 102.3 in Hinton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmond, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Don't forget our poll question. Should sectional opponents be required to play each other in the regular season? Go to basketballnight.com and vote in this week's poll. And thanks for being part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit basketballnight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Welcome back to Hour 3, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. With you until midnight, Ryan Epling, Chris Kidd, Joe Linville. Happy to have you with us tonight. We have some special guests roaming the halls outside the studio. We'll it's getting br- famous we'll, outside. We'll bring them, we'll bring them in, <laughs> but only one at a time. I don't know if we can handle them all in here at the same time. But uh, we'll do that much more throughout the course of this hour. You'll definitely want to stick around for that. Of course, the, the state wrestling tournament is in Huntington right now, and it's just a few blocks away. So that brings some special guests in, into the area that might not normally be here on on, on show night so uh, looking forward to talking with some of them we'll do that in, in a few moments but before we go to tg griffith i feel like i've already teased him like five times now in terms of, we got tg griffith wyp and in clay county in a moment but first it's time for a basketball scoreboard update 
Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. Mark Burkholder hit one at the buzzer to lift the Petersburg Vikings over Pendleton County tonight by a score of 67-65. It was Point Pleasant, the Knights down Wahama 81-61, and the Beavers of Bluefield pick up a win tonight over Princeton by a score of 68-62. Couple boys games in the sectionals kicked off tonight. In class single A, region two, section one. It was South Harrison defeating Tigers Valley tonight by a score of 58-54. And it was the Red Devils of Oak Hill in class double A, region three, section one, picked up a win tonight over the Raiders of Liberty Raleigh. That score was 88-31. to Girls sectional championship action. We're just going to roll through these. Triple A, Wheeling Park beats John Marshall 80-25. to Buchanan Upshur beats Morgantown 45-40. Also tonight, St. Albans defeats South Charleston 48-41. And Greenbrier East defeats Princeton 76-37. A three-pointer by Bree Wilson with 17 seconds left. Lifts the Parkersburg Big Reds past Parkersburg South 51-49. And Huntington defeats Spring Valley tonight 79 48 Highlanders get the win. By the way, that's a 50-point swing from a game that they had earlier this year. Yeah. Spring Valley beat them by 20 earlier this year. That's just crazy. Anyway, double <laughs> uh, A. Philip Barber defeats Frankfurt 71-61. A free throw from a free throw from Erica Bowles with 10 seconds left lifts Fairmont Senior to a 70-69 victory over North Marion. Lincoln defeats Bridgeport 62-34, and the Minute Maids of Lewis County defeat Clay County 69-61. We'll have more on that game in just a moment. Bluefield beats Riverview 64-30. Also tonight, Winfield over Polka 60-37, and Mingo Central defeats Chapmanville 53-51 in overtime. Also in girls, Class Single A, Ritchie County defeats St. Mary's 72-50. It was Williamstown, 82, Ravenswood, 71, and the Irish of Huntington St. Joe defeat Tulsa tonight, 69-23. That is your BasketballNight.com scoreboard. TJ Griff- or TG Griffith, WYAP, in Clay County, had the game of the uh, Lewis County Minute Maids getting the victory tonight over Clay County. And TG, tough loss for Clay County tonight. Good ball game, though, and... Now uh, another road trip blooms on the horizon with a trip to Lincoln next week. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, how you guys doing? Uh, well, I, now, I've not been on here for three weeks because we haven't had a Friday night game in three weeks, and I thought, well, these guys, all these guys are playing on Friday nights. So I'll give my air time up to them. So then we've, if we do tomorrow night's game at Herbert Hoover at the boys' sectional, that'll be five games in six days. So we're making up for it. Well, you need to get your sleep, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, we did go up to Lewis County, and they, the Minute Maids, I love that name, too, were just a little more aggressive than we were. And I tell you, it was a dandy ball game. There were, let's see, nine or six ties in the game, ten lead changes. The biggest lead Clay County had was five, and the biggest lead, Lewis had was uh, eight point spread there at the end, sixty nine <clears throat> to sixty one. Uh, three minutes to go. Clay County was up by three and got outscored thirteen to three in the last three minutes. 
Um, but two two factors, and I knew it was going to come into play. Uh, free throw shooting, we were six out of eighteen. We missed five in a row there inside those three minutes. One of them was on a three point shot that was missed. They missed all three free throws, and uh, the other two were front ends of one on ones. We got out rebounded for probably the only the second time this season, and uh, Lewis County just uh, they they fought back and uh, and pulled out the victory. So now Clay County's girls will head to Lincoln. Another short trip. Oh yeah, yeah. That'll be a that'll be a trip is right. Uh, but by the way, coming going up to uh, Weston this evening, uh, my windshield's covered with bugs. It, end of February. Yeah. I just wait till tomorrow. <laughs> oh yeah, wait till tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, Lewis County earned that victory, and they were the number two seed in that sectional anyway we had beat them at home uh mostly by three-point shooting tonight but lewis only had i think they only had three threes and uh that was by alex uh, runback and she she had she finished with 20 points she fouled out early and uh, desiree ferguson is just they only have one senior uh and desiree ferguson was a uh, high point with 22 to lead the minute maids uh, but uh, it, w- it was a well-fought game, and, and we just we lost it there at the end of the game. Turnovers killed us, too. We had 19 turnovers, but we did, I think we forced 17 against uh, Minute Maid. So. so, yeah, you're right. We'll go to Lincoln, and Bridgeport gets to come to Lewis, and we wish them the best uh, in the sectional as well. And, of course, again, you got the boys' sectional starting up tomorrow with Herbert Hoover. Things always busy for TG this time of year. Thanks so much out uh, for taking time out to join us tonight. And uh, we certainly hope to get to speak with you again next week. Okay, yeah, I sure do. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, TG Griffith, WYAP in Clay County. That's a nice. That's an hour plus trip up to Lewis County, yeah, to Weston, and and then you got to go another about half hour past that to get to Shinston. Take on Lincoln next. So that's a it's simple. Yeah, simple hey, but trips but are always yeah. fun. It's know? almost all it's almost all interstate though. So that that helps. It, does, that, no, it helps down. immensely. <laughs> Trust me, I live somewhere where two lane roads are the yeah. uh, the yeah. mode of transportation. <laughs> Mike Goddard, WRLB Radio in Lewisburg, joins us now on the program. And um, Mike, uh, I know you cover Greenbrier West for the most part, and. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what's going on with the Cavaliers right now. Well, we just had one game this week. Uh, battled uh, Richwood at home. And uh, Cavaliers and uh, Lumberjacks had played to an overtime uh, game earlier in the season back in uh, late December. Uh, they headed to overtime again this week. Uh, it was a barn burner of a game. It was what you expected from uh, Greenbrier West and uh, Richwood. My partner and I talked a lot during our broadcast about the uh, Richwood Greenbrier West games of the uh, late 80s, mid 90s between John Estep at Greenbrier West and John Estep Jr. at Richwood. And it used to be a real big rivalry. You know, when you're not winning as much, the, the things like that tend to cool off. But uh, Richwood's having a pretty good year. The Cavaliers, 13 and 9 on the season, and they pulled out an 81-73 victory in overtime again. Pretty exciting. Uh, kid that we told you about last week, Noah Midkiff, sophomore point guard, had 31 points this game. Senior Adam Johnson had 27 points, pulled down 12 rebounds. Johnson was a uh, second-team All-Stater in single A last year, and 
just hasn't quite had the production this year or the numbers except in the rebounding department. And uh, he's he started to bounce back these past few games. Cavaliers have won five straight, seven out of eight. And like we talked last Friday, they're starting to peak at the right time. This is the time of year you want to start making up ground and – this is where you want to play uh, play your best basketball in Greenbrier West, certainly playing very well right now. Mike Goddard, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Look forward to speaking with you, you again down the road. All right, that's Mike Goddard, WRLB Radio in Lewisburg. Right back to the phone lines, W-A-E-Y Radio in Princeton. Wes McKinney, he had the Princeton-Greenbrier East girls game. Greenbrier East gets the win in that one. Wes, before we do this, I want to, I want to talk about a Princeton alum that we just barely have talked about recently because you know her sister clearly but um mackenzie acres tomorrow will play her last home game for marshall university at princeton alum um a girl who had a knee injury uh early on in her college career and had to miss a year due to that and uh, came back and is a redshirt junior but is going to play out uh, and go through senior day festivities tomorrow uh as she goes on toward her education and Hey, Wes, I can't believe we're already talking about some of these girls in, you know, finishing up their college careers. Yeah, you know, guys, uh, you know, I think Princeton, uh, you know, is, is kind of a hidden gem, you know, when it comes to at least talent on the girls' side of things in basketball. You know, you look at, uh, you know, uh, McKenzie and her sister, Tess Lakes, you know, it's, it's produced them. Uh, Hannah Prezavati played with um, uh, McKenzie at Princeton, uh, you know, back a few years ago, and Hannah uh, played, uh, you know, a Division One basketball. She's back at Bluefield College in Virginia now, playing, finishing up her senior year. So, you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a hidden gem, you know, that uh, you know all the success that Princeton's had here over the last, you know, say five, six, even you know as far back as eight years ago. Uh, you know, I mean, Tesla, uh, McKenzie's older sister, is the same age as me, and uh, I hate to say it, but. Uh, you know, I've been out of high school eight years now, so, you know, even going back to Tesla, you know, Princeton's really put out some good, good talent on the girls' side, and, you know, it won't be too long here before you blink, and McKenzie's going to be going in the Princeton Sports Hall of Fame because Tesla just went in this past fall, so I'd say, you know, within the next two, three, four years, you know, I'd expect the same from McKenzie. Deserving kid as well, and I'm I'm eight years out of college so let's not talk yeah, about that 15 years uh, out of high school oh, okay. we're not going to talk about that I'm, I'm actually older than Chris too but uh, nonetheless that's the worst subject I shouldn't you're never welcome back no I'm playing uh, Wes uh, by the way uh, t- tough game tonight for Princeton though the girls lose to Greenbrier East 76-37 I don't know though that Princeton okay look we we know that one St. Albans is a pretty good girls basketball team that's had a tough schedule. Sure. The record might not be indicative of how good they are. Princeton at 14 and 10. I'm not sure that the mindset was the loser will travel to St. Albans. I think a lot of people would have presumed that the loser of that game tonight would have been going to South Charleston, but that's not the case. Yeah, you know, I was talking to some people, you know, affiliated with the Princeton program after Wednesday nights. Uh, went against Woodrow Wilson, just a phenomenal girls game that went into overtime there on Wednesday in the sectional semifinal. And, you know, the belief was, you know, Princeton had played Greenbrier East really close at home, only lost by three. Had gone to East and lost by nearly 20 points. And, uh, you know, the thought was, you know, maybe if Princeton 
you know, play, play one of their best games of the year, if not the best game of the year. Maybe you get St. Albans at home next week and, you know, maybe you got a shot. But you're going to have to play your A-plus-plus game tonight against Greenbrier East. Obviously, that didn't happen. And I was sitting beside Rusty Udy from the uh, uh, Beckley paper. I know you guys had him on earlier. But I was sitting beside him tonight, um, you know, and during commercial breaks and, you know, like a break in the action, and he just kind of turned his computer to me and keeps showing me the South Charleston St. Albans score. And, you know, I said, okay, you know, Princeton's got a chance now. I mean, you know, the last two years Princeton's gone to South Charleston in, in the regional final, the co-regional final, and they really haven't been competitive. And, you know, I mean, I feel bad for Greenbrier East because, you know, I mean, they go out and pound Princeton by almost 40 tonight, and they get a really hangry South Charleston team coming to them next Tuesday. And all of a sudden Princeton, you know, they they got a real – you know, decent chance here against St. Albans. I, you know, they, you know, I mean, I haven't done a ton of research on the Red Dragon. You know, it's going to kind of be a probably a Sunday project for me. But, you know, I, I know, no disrespect to St. Albans, but I, I know they're not South Charleston, but I know they're very capable of beating Princeton next Tuesday night. Should be a, a fun game Tuesday night when Princeton goes to St. Albans. State tournament berth. On the line, Wes McKinney, WAUI Radio in Princeton, eight years out of high school. <laughs> Trust me, Wes, it goes fast and it never slows and down. Faster and faster. And <laughs> hey, Wes, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Wes McKinney, WAUI Radio in when, Princeton. Once he gets his AARP card in the mail. Yeah, yeah that starts up soon. <clears throat> All right, we'll be back in a few moments here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with one of our special guests. Here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Call the show. We want to hear from you tonight. Toll free, 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important, it's serious, and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Big shout out to our newest Twitter follower, who is also our standout athlete of the week tonight, Cody Jude. Thanks, Cody, for following us. Also, Robert Long just followed us a few moments ago. JT Bowers and Hannah. Daryl Dooley. Lori Cutter-Lemons, Rachel Moyers, Ethan George, Kalina Burdock, and WVXS. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. 
Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. And get your pictures featured on our video stream. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 11-17 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Chris Kidd, Joe Linville now joined by special guest, the Assistant Executive Director of the Secondary Schools Activities Commission, Wayne Ryan, joins us on the program Coach, welcome in the studio. Thank you very much. You're never still, you're never been coach. on the studio. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Always be coach, but <laughs> been on your show, been on the uh, you know by telephone, but never in the studio. Pretty pretty uh, amazing setup here, really. Uh, we appreciate it. Hey, Marshall University does a, a good job taking care of us here uh, as well. And uh, you know, before we get into basketball, we know that there's a this underlying situation that's been into a big statewide news deal with the state wrestling tournament three classifications of uh three weight classes i should say uh being delayed due to a skin infection issue um is there any update to that this evening well i mean that's been a trying time to make that decision and do that but um ultimately uh i think most school administrators around the state uh, have been very supportive of the decision because it was in the best interest uh, of, of our student athletes uh, and safety and those medical precautions had to come first and so we had to take the advice of uh, of our medical professionals uh, although it certainly was was an inconvenience to, to many many people we we understand that and we hate that but, but we did the best thing and, and our school administrators i think appreciate that and what we're going to do um is um those three classifications have to wait uh the deadline is march 8th they cannot you know uh, participate until march 8th so what we have uh, decided just tonight, I actually put this, finally got, got this settled, and uh, we have a coaches meeting in the morning with all the AAA coaches, is we're going to move the remainder of the, uh, the wrestling tournament to Fairmont's Civ- Civic Center on March 13th and 14th, which is the Monday and Tuesday of the week of the boys' state basketball tournament. That way media, schools themselves, um, athletes, our office, everyone doesn't have a conflict so we're going to do that Monday evening, the 13th, probably starting at uh, 6 or 7 o'clock. Uh, we haven't quite confirmed that part yet. And then come back on Tuesday and finish up uh, uh, the championship rounds. And how will that affect uh, team standings? Well, um, of course, the uh, double-A single-way did not get impacted. So we'll, we'll decide that champion tomorrow. As a matter of fact, obviously, Independence has a pretty big lead and probably has it secured, actually, on the double-way. Single A is really close. Um, triple A, Parkersburg South has a uh, substantial lead, but tomorrow things could really turn because of them in the university have a lot of, lot of um, participants in the finals. So you may be able to figure a champion by tomorrow, and it may that we need to wait in those three classes. Regardless, we're going to wait till the entire field um, is finished before we crown the champion, which will be March 14th. So there's your breaking news for the night of the of what's going on with the state wrestling tournament, and uh, again, just a very difficult situation to have to deal with. Obviously, now let's talk basketball. Uh, you were a girls basketball coach at, at Summers County, uh, very successful uh, with the Bobcats with that program. And do you miss it right now? 
I miss it a lot. Yeah, I miss I miss I miss coaching basketball a lot. I miss teaching basketball a lot and miss the relationship with the kids. But uh, at the same time, I've really enjoyed my first six months in the office. It's a, uh, a career in which you're always challenged and you're always learning and trying to uh, make things better for everyone involved. And uh, you're still involved with athletics, which I have a passion for. And uh, so it was a good career move, but, uh, but no doubt I miss coaching. It's one of those things where I think you, you can't make a wrong decision, but either way you've got to, you know, it's it's difficult, but that's good because you have two good decisions. Yeah, absolutely, Choices. and you, you know it's tough to fill the competitive void. I was pretty competitive by nature, and uh, that, that's been that's been tough. Uh, but you know, also I'm proud with where the program got left. Got left in, in good hands. Uh, you know, Sarah played for us and played at Concord and came back and was helping us coach. And Chad had been there a long time, and and uh, a lot of those kids were back. So you know, I'm happy that they're having a great year and they're certainly a contender and got a great chance uh, to maybe win. State championship this year, and so I'm happy with where we left the program and, and, and everything. But uh, but I'm, I miss coaching. Wayne Ryan, the assistant executive director of the SSAC, and something that we've talked about off and on throughout the night, and, and we'll be the first to tell you there's no solution or easy answer. I won't even say solution because that infers a problem. But right. always looking at the format of your boys and girls tournament, and with the reclassification that did kind of throw some things out of balance where you've got a couple or you've got three sectionals in AAA that have three teams and then you've got several teams or uh, sectionals that have seven teams in Class A and is that something that still is open in terms of exactly how you get to the tournament each year? Not each year, every four years. Every four years that's up for review and uh, I'm not Throughout those four years, we're going to take input and we're going to listen, but we're not going to make change You know, in the middle of those cycles. They're going to run their four-year course. But um, if you look, what has been created is some real parity in competitive tournaments that are coming ahead. If you can tell me for sure who's going to win the girls' Class A, AA, or AAA, or the boys' Class A, AA, or AAA, then we need to go you know, to the casino or something. Because <laughs> you've got some powers. Because well, guys will see you. Yeah, when, when you look at that, I mean, I think that the tournaments that are, that are coming up in the next few weeks are really exciting, and there's a lot of parity. And you, you could really, without a doubt, for the first time, see an 8 to one and it wouldn't be shocking. Coach, uh, you know, we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. Some of these sectionals alone are phenomenal. You know, how, how can you even right. think about who's going to, you know, make it to Charleston at this point? You know, what what is considered when, when, when you step back and, you know, those reclassifications that went into effect this year, uh, you know, what all goes into effect in changing those other than just school enrollment? Well, our state's shaped really funny if you look at your shirt you get <laughs> geographically West Virginia is a difficult state and obviously when you go placing I don't think there's any way you could do it if you got the map and tried it where you wouldn't have somebody misplaced in order to get some kind of numbers balance even I mean it, it's an unusual state so you, you want to have some numbers balance uh, you, you want to look for parity um, there was a big disparity in AAA. You had some very small AAA schools playing some schools with you know, 1,500 you know, kids more 
There's a lot of disparity there. So by taking the triple-A numbers down to 29, it, it really created more parity in the classifications, although it cre- created more single-A and double-A schools. The schools are more balanced in their total enrollment breakdown. So the, I think that was the emphasis last time. Every year the emphasis and the way you look at things and, and, and the dynamics of the state change every four years. Like there are schools closing right now, as you know, that will, will not be around four years from now. And we're always looking at ways to improve it. It's never going to make everybody happy. That's not possible. Well, as there was there any apprehension with the fact that there were going to be so many double A schools uh, now? Whenever you had so many dropping down and so few triple A schools, or was there? Uh, and I've heard this from a lot of people around the state, just talking about it, just off the cuff or whatever. But uh, has there ever been any top topic of maybe adding another level? Fourth of, class. Of fourth class. Yes. Well. A fourth class actually passed the Board of Control uh, several times in the past. You know, the Board of Control is every, you know, all, all of our rules are made by our principals. We, we just enforce them. We don't make any rules in our office. The Board of Control comes together in April, and they, the rules have to be proposed by January 15th. They come before the board. They're discussed. They're, they, you present them, you know, state your case, argue a little bit. There's a vote. F- two or three times already, there have been votes to go four classes, um, once it was in every sport, I'm, I'm pretty sure, three times it was just in the sport of football. Um, every time the State Board of Education that has to approve any rule that the Board of Control passes has rejected those proposals, just like they did the out-of-season several times and said bring it back differently. They have the ultimate power to uh, accept or um, deny any rule proposal from the Board of Control. So what I'm saying is they felt the state did, was not large enough for that. Um, there are other states smaller than us that have that. Um, there are a lot of people that think it's a good solution. Um, it's, you know, personally, I think it could really create good competitive parity. The negative side is, again, this state is oddly shaped. You're already complaining about the geography of sectionals and regionals, and now you go to four classes? Well, get in the car and go a long ways. I mean, if you think about it. At the same time, competitively, yes, that would be exciting, no doubt. Wayne Ryan, the Assistant Executive Director of the Secondary Schools Activities Commission in town for the State Wrestling Tournament, which obviously ended up having a little bit more news come out of it, it than, than what most would have expected. Uh, but we certainly appreciate you taking time to join us here tonight and to do so in studio, to, to come down to our studios here at Marshall University and um, answer our questions. We greatly appreciate it. Absolutely enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Again, that's Wayne Ryan, the Assistant Executive Director of the Secondary Schools Activities Commission. We'll be back with our resident referee, Bo Anderson, in just a moment. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Congratulations to Cody Jew, Tulsa Rebels. Cody was the standout athlete of the week tonight, and we want you to nominate your players. If you've got someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's player to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. And tonight, it was Cody Chu of the Tulsa Rebels. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, 
click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Many ways to watch the show, too. If you have Network West Virginia Sudden Link, we're on Channel 2 statewide. Go to the RSN Facebook page. We're on Facebook Live. Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup. We're on Periscope. Armstrong Cable, Channel 204. And you can go to basketballnight.com and click on the Watch Live button. You'll see our YouTube stream. And how about those picks that we're playing right now? Lots of pictures submitted by you. Send them to us many ways. You can get them to us. We'd like for you to send your pictures from games around the Mountain State, and we'll feature them in the video stream. Send your pictures to us, at, and I'm going to give you several different ways. Facebook, go to RSN Sports. Send them to us by the RSN Sports Facebook page. You can send them to us by Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 11.30 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Chris Kidd, Joe Linville, and now... You know, the term resident referee takes a new term when he's here, right? (laughs) Bo Anderson joins us in studio. Bo answers our questions every week. Rules related. We greatly appreciate what he does for this program. And we've only had him on hold for two and a half hours. So. <laughs> yeah, we actually had him in the green room for two and a half hours. Usually we just leave him on hold on the phone for as long as possible. But uh, nonetheless, we have him in studio tonight. And several things that have, that have come up over the, the course of the past several weeks. You see these things in person, and then we bring them to Bo. On, we, we tend to stay to the administrative side of the game. And Instead of uh, getting into uh, decisions in terms of, uh, you know, judgment calls, and so to speak. But one thing that, that came to my attention earlier this week, situation where you had multiple technical fouls on someone who had already been ejected from a game. And, Bo, just for clarification's sake, there is no limit on the number of technical fouls one can receive. You just get tossed after two, but you can continue to draw technical fouls. Well, yes, that's correct. Uh, you would like to hope that you could stop at two, um, but in some circumstances, uh, it might be a little tougher. Uh, you know, and, and it's a shame that it has to come to that. Um, I think that um, you know that that kind of takes away from you know the sportsmanship part of it. Um, it was an unfortunate circumstance. Uh, we as officials do not like those unfortunate circumstances. Uh, you know, we much prefer that sportsmanship be throughout for everybody, including us. Uh, you know, uh, you know that's it. Just takes away from the fun of the game, and it's no fun for the officials. Uh, and you know. I think deep down it's no fun for the coaches or the players either when that happens. And, you know, everybody's human. People are going to make mistakes, and hopefully they learn from those mistakes. And, um, you know, me, I've only – you know, I've I've been very fortunate this year. Everybody's sportsmanship has been great. Um, I will say I've only had two technicals the whole year, one in Ohio and one in West Virginia. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, if I, I was – 
I try not to go with any. I mean, really. Uh, you know, I just want the game to be played uh, and the kids to be great to each other. And I've had a bunch of that this year where kids have, have done a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, really sportsmanship this year has been fantastic from the games that I've had. I know that sometimes it happens throughout the state that it's not necessarily so in every game. But, you know, the sportsmanship has been overall fantastic. Both sometimes you have a couple of extra officials on the floor and the, the head coaches of the teams. You know, they're always trying to bend your ear, pointing out things that, you know, maybe they think you don't see. How much I – don't, I don't like to use the word heckling, but how much do you take from – from a coach until you say, okay, coach, you know, that's enough. Let's, you know, let's calm down. Let's play basketball. Well, everybody has their own level. You know, it's hard for me to speak for every official because what one coach may say to me may be taken another way if it's another official. Uh, you know, I've been fortunate, you know, this is my 34th season, and I've been fortunate now. Most all the coaches know who I am and know what they can say and what they can't say. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I mean, usually as long as they're approaching things, uh, you know, in a respectful manner, you know, I, we're, we're trying to treat each other respectfully, you know. Uh, I, I don't let someone – scream at me usually i'll say and i'll give you an instance and it wasn't in a game in west virginia but the other night i had a game and the coach had his hands way up in the air and he's like you know why was there not a foul so when i get down to him i very quietly say you put your hands down and i'll talk to you but I'm not going to talk to you with you trying to show me up. And he did. And then with 30 seconds to go in the game, uh, that coach is telling me what a great job we did. And then <laughs> after the game, and, and I'm telling you, I didn't know the athletic director except for meeting before the game. And after the game, he comes and knocks on the door. Now, this game was assigned. And he comes in and he says, hey, where are you guys from, by the way? And I said where we were from. And he said, well, I'm going to make sure that you get two games here next year. And – I said, well, you know, it's a sign. He said, I'm calling the signer. And then the signer calls the next day and said, I got to call at 930 at night that they want you to work two games next year. You know, I mean, it's, you know, you're, you, you don't get along with everybody. Not everybody does. So, you know, it's just you just try to get along with them. You know, my thing is, as long as they're not using inappropriate language, as long as they're not really screaming, then we can talk, you know. And I think most of the time, most of the coaches respect that and try to do that. How many times a year do you see or come across maybe every game you call most, but in terms of you, you have very, very competitive coaches, players, et cetera, who might be on your case a little bit throughout the game, but that switch turns off immediately after the game and they'll give you a sincere Thank you, gracious. Thanks. Oh yeah, you know I, I know you know, and I've I've been doing it long enough. I know the competitive coaches that I'm going to have. I can pretty much tell you what they're going to do. You know, <laughs> I mean, and I've had a lot of them over the years, and you know, most of them when the game's over, it's over, and and that's the way it should be. Hey. We're human. Everybody's human. Uh, coaches make coaching mistakes. We make officiating mistakes. It, you know, if I was going to get every call right, I sure wouldn't be working high school basketball. Uh, you know, and uh, and the coaches wouldn't be coaching high school basketball. Uh, you know, so you know, and I'll tell you. Uh, I mean, I know from me, from my standpoint, and I'm sure I'm speaking for most. You know, these last second plays, these last second calls, I want to get it right. I, I, and I could care less who wins the game. I just want to get the call right because I know nowadays it's going to be on video, and I don't think anybody out there really is going to purposely miss a call 
or not make a correct call because it's going to be on TV or it's going to be on the, you know, it's going to be on video. Um, I want to get them all right. Now, realistically, I'm not. But, you know, from the standpoint of, you know, I'll just want the kids to have the opportunity to have a good game. And, you know, again, when I walk in gyms, there's going to be some that don't like me and some that do. And, you know, that's just the facts of life, just like anything else. Let's talk about this from, a, from an official's perspective. And we talked about this earlier in the show, but um, your perspective is obviously going to be different. And, and even if this sounds like something that is you know, not that difficult to answer, so what? I want your perspective on it. <laughs> but um, when, you, when you're talking about last-second shots and you can't watch scoreboard, you can't watch player both, you have to use, you know, wait for the buzzer, the sound of the buzzer, and then you've got a, a loud gym and it's happening right in front of the crowd – that's not as easy as it seems to process that. It takes a lot of concentration, I would guess. Well, it takes a lot of concentration. It takes being in the right spot at the right time. It takes hearing. Uh, this is something that I, uh, when I teach the referees class, I always tell them, even though by federation rules, if the backboards are lit up, that technically you go by the lighting on the backboard, but I always tell them to go by the horn first because the light may be out, and you may really have trouble. And so, you know, you try to use both, really, but you're really listening for that horn. And, again, there's another thing, Ryan. Uh, guys, that's another thing where here it is. It's a last-second call, and I've got to make it, and some are going to like it and some are not. And, and it's probably not always going to be correct um, because, you know, I'm not a robot, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm human just like everybody else, and so is all the rest of the officials. So, you know, it makes it a little bit tough, but uh, we really have to focus, try to be in the right spot, Try to get the call right as best as we can. Well, I was wondering about this too, Bo, you know, talking about, or you guys talking about how you deal with coaches sometimes whenever things get heated and things get argumentative. You guys come together a lot as officials to try and talk. There are obviously some situations where one official maybe is letting a coach or someone or a situation get to them worse than the other how do you all as a group at that point kind of come together to calm the situation or to talk about how to handle a certain situation well you know there's a lot of different ways sometimes you know we'll come together especially if we've warned somebody and say hey uh you know i've had enough out of this player or this coach sometimes we'll try to go send the other guy to go talk to him say hey you know if it's one guy that's he's really after uh we may say uh hey uh i'm just telling you right now the guy over there refereeing this game with me is not liking the way how you're treating him, so you not, might want to behave. You know, you try to get a point as crossed as much as possible, and try to do it as smoothly as you can. You know, me the other night with the guy with his hands up, and we're two minutes into the game, and I'm thinking, uh oh, this might be a long night for somebody. But you know, it turned out to be really good, uh, a great night actually, and uh, he understood it. And uh, believe it or not. Uh, I've actually picked up a few games over the years where the coach has been screaming at me, and I told him, you want to talk to me? You talk to me, but when you scream at me, uh, it's, there's going to be a problem. And it's actually, you know, resolved the issue and actually helped us get along. And, you know, I want to get along with everybody. Again, not everybody likes Ryan Epling. Not everybody likes you guys. I don't not know what you're talking me. about. <laughs> 
We all like Ryan. See, David blew the whistle for me in three yards. <laughs> I think that one was for you, Bo. <laughs> and I'm respected everywhere, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Chris is, kind of, both of you guys are out. <laughs> Chris has never been escorted out of the gym anywhere. Hey, um, Bo, always a pleasure to get to speak with you here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And, again, you provide a service and a, a window into uh, – Officials, that, you know, I don't know that anybody else has that. Well, I appreciate it. I really enjoy this show, and I listen to the whole show, and that's why I came up tonight because uh, that way, first of all, it'll save me on my cell phone minutes when you guys put me on hold, and then secondly, I, 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 I do listen to the show. It's great for the kids. It's great for the coaches, um, and I, I was glad that the SSAC could come and be a part of it too and see what this show's all about because it, it's good for everybody. I have one thing I want to do, and I haven't got to do it yet this year. Uh, I I want to promote the fact that we need new officials. We need someone out there that wants to really work. It takes hours of time. And, and what happens when we're teaching this class is uh, they come and they find out, my goodness, I got to go to these meetings. I got to go to these clinics. I got to do all this stuff. I didn't realize it was that big of a commitment. Yes, it is a commitment to be a basketball official. But I encourage anybody. Wherever you're at throughout the state, if you're interested in becoming a sports official, you need to contact the WVSSAC's office at 304-485-5494, and I'm sure you guys can get that out there, and ask for someone in the office. Ask for one of the secretaries, Roberta uh, or uh, Alice, or you know, ask for one of the uh, you know Wayne, Greg, Bernie, anybody that they can get, uh, Bill, anybody they can get, and find out where your class is at in that area. And come and take the class. Uh, we really need people. Uh, and it's throughout the state. It's not just here. Uh, I know we need people here. Uh, sometimes we struggle to get games covered. And uh, there's been some odd games this year where we really struggled at the last minute to get someone and finally found someone. So we need officials. It's Bo Anderson, our resident referee. We thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back with a final check of the scoreboard. Rick Kozlowski, our poll question. All that and much more. We wrap up Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard. A shout-out and thank you to all of our radio affiliates throughout the Mountain State, including the all-new 92.5 FM WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, 94 Rock, WRLF, Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRCLP, Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP, Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPWLP, Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWPLP, in Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 106.7 FM, WHFI, in Linside, 95. The Sports Fox, WBES in Charleston, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW Logan, Light Rock 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's 93.9 FM, 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay, WMTD, 102.3, Hinton, the ticket.
98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmond, Beckley. 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay. And Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Coming up, our new poll question and the results from this poll question. And how about those picks? Send us your pictures. Send them to us at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. It's 11.45 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Chris Kidd, Joe Linville, cast of thousands with you here tonight, including Marquez Davila, who joins us now. And Marquez, time for our poll question. Yes, Ryan, our poll question from this past week was, should sectional opponents be required to play each other in the regular season? And we had a total of 68% say yes and 32% say no. And that's always something that's a hot topic because of doing sectional seating and so forth, but it can be difficult based upon geography and where those teams are located. So our poll for this week. Our poll for this week is going to be, should sectional championship games within the same region be played at the exact same time? There you go. So you can go to basketballnight.com. That poll question will be live. Uh, coming up at midnight, and we'll have that all the way through next week. Hey, let's go check of our scoreboard now. Joe's got to look at the girls' scores. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. On the ladies' side of the scoreboard tonight, these are all sectional games, and they are all finals. It was Wheeling Park over John Marshall by a score of 80-20. Buchanan Upshur defeated Morgantown 45-40. It was the Red Dragons of St. Albans defeating the Lady Black Eagles of South Charleston 48-41. The Spartans of Greenbrier East picked up a win tonight over the Princeton Tigers 76-37. In Parkersburg, it was the Big Reds over Parkersburg South 51-49. The Highlanders of Huntington defeated Spring Valley tonight 79-48. Philip Barber over Frankfurt 71-61. Fairmont Senior over North Marion by a score of 70-69. Lincoln, the Cougars over the Lady Indians of Bridgeport Uh, That score was 62-34. It was Lewis County over Clay County, 69-61. Bluefield picks up a win over Riverview, 64-30. It was the Winfield Generals over Polka, 60-37. In a big game in uh, Logan County, Mingo Central picked up a win tonight over the Chapmanville Tigers in overtime, 53-51. 53-51. Ritchie County winners over St. Mary's 70-52. It was Williamstown over Ravenswood 82-71. And the Lady Tulsa or the Lady Rebels of Tulsa fell to St. Joe tonight 69-23. Boys scores tonight. Sectional tournament place South Harrison beats Tigers Valley 58-54. Oak Hill beats Liberty Raleigh 88-31. Regular season play of Mark Burkholder's shot at the buzzer gives Petersburg a 67-65 victory over visiting Pendleton County. 
It was Point Pleasant defeating Wahama, 81-61. Bluefield beats Princeton tonight, 68-62. And Ravenswood defeats Tulsa via forfeit. Rebels would not make the trip to Ravenswood tonight. That's checkyourbasketballnight.com scoreboard. All right, guys. It's time to go to the phone lines one last time for the night. And we go to our good buddy Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. Rick joins us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as we just wait. Wait for it. It's there. Wait for it. Maybe not. Maybe he's getting the silent treatment. <laughs> Maybe he's getting the silent treatment tonight. <laughs> well. When it's time to change, then it's time to change. Good night, Cause. There we go. By request, <laughs> Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal. All right, so Rick, you're trying to overcome illness, and we appreciate you gutting it out with us tonight. First question, though, before we go anywhere with that, we we were we were asked to ask you, um, who was your source? for having the state wrestling tournament information before the SSAC just released it. Uh, is it uh, first off, let me ask you if it's accurate. It is. Apparently. Yes. Uh, the assistant executive director of the SSAC, Wayne Ryan, just uh, a few moments ago confirmed it on our show. Okay, well... Uh, as you know, being a journalist, <laughs> I, I cannot reveal my sources. He this, knows people. This is what I told them as well. So uh, that's I'm just going to leave that at that. Uh, I might be a sports writer, but I am first a journalist, and I know you don't want to have me get into uh, certain journalistic things that happened today. So let's talk sports. Yeah, that was a sporting story. Hey, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. And that's a, I just like to give Rick a hard time sometimes when we can. Because usually uh, we're on the receiving end of, of the difficulties of Rick Kozlowski not playing. But uh, uh, Rick, you're heading into the postseason play. Musselman had a nice, very nice win at Robert C. Bird earlier this week. Martinsburg has been playing And, and, and also basketball. won at Parkersburg uh, the day before. Uh, you've been just yeah. getting around. And, uh, yeah, Musselman getting that win at Parkersburg also, which is uh, a good AAA basketball team this year. And uh, so, Rick, the Eastern Panhandle, I think it's – I think we have an idea of what should happen, but as we all know, well, okay. upsets well, what, do happen. What do you, well, since – Ryan, since you're saying you think you know what should happen, Theoretically, what do you think should happen? Well, theoretically, because we always speak in theoretics when we when we don't know for sure, but at this time, from my understanding, it appears that Martinsburg would be playing the best in the Region 2 Section 1. Musselman would probably be number 2. Uh, Hedgesville is good enough to beat either on a given night, but both have beaten Hedgesville soundly this year with Spring Mills at 4th. And uh, Washington getting... Uh, the buy on the opposite side. Um, it seems to me like the 
two teams that come out of Section 1 have an excellent chance to get to the state tournament. I, I, I would uh, concur with that. I think uh, the, uh, when we get right down to it next Friday night, when Martinsburg, uh, well, geez, I'm already predicting who's going to win. Uh, if Martinsburg and Musselman get to the final, that should be one heck of a rubber match. And I wouldn't discount the Appleman coming away with a victory in that game. Uh, Martinsburg may have played its best game of the season when they played at Musselman a few weeks ago. But since then, they've kind of struggled in first halves of games. And, uh, you know, talking to Dave Rogers after one of those games, the coach of Martinsburg, you know, he alluded to the fact that he thought that maybe the team thought the players just think they can show up and win rather than going out right away. And they've had a couple of games after that where they where they struggled in the first half. They had a, uh, an absolutely horrible outing in the first half at Morgantown on Monday night and came back in the second half and made it pretty respectable. <clears throat> there goes that voice we were talking about. <laughs> changes, changes, changes. We've all been through change, that. Change, change, change. Yeah. I think my voice at times today has been higher than my two-year-old grandson's. <laughs> well, but hey. I would. But not <laughs> But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, go ahead and predict that those two teams will be in the final next Friday night. Uh, in the other section, it's fairly easy, uh, and barring a major, major upset, it'll be Washington and Jefferson. Uh, Hampshire has one win in 22 games. I, I, I don't see any way that uh, the Trojans are going to pull anything off to change that. And while Washington and Jefferson split regular season games, the difference in the scoring in the two games is a total of one point in favor of Washington. So I think uh, the Patriots kind of have uh, a little bit of a leg up, and I think. They're kind of settling in. Something happened where their head coach was gone for a time. Uh, and the only thing that I've ever, ever only been able to get out of anybody is, quote, a communication thing. Uh, he came back in the last two weeks, and I pestered and pestered and pestered and and he just said, I'm glad to be back. It was a communication thing. So I don't know why the head coach at Washington had been gone for a time. But, you know, uh, the little birdie didn't come and tell me anything on that one. Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal with us. And, Rick, always a pleasure. We've got a bunch of girls' matchups to roll through here in just a moment. So we're on to let you go. Thanks for joining us. Hope you get to feeling a little bit better. And, uh, I don't know, maybe you feel all right. The voice just isn't there. But hopefully uh, we, we get a full-strength cause next week. Well, I feel much better than I have the last few days, believe it or not. But the voice is just like comes and goes. Hey, you guys have a great weekend. You too. You Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. Now, I needed to leave some time here because I wanted to go through all of the girls' regional matchups as best we have them. 
And let's do that right now for next week. First of all, I want to mention that not all sectionals are done, so we'll work through this. Class single A, Region 1, Section 1, tomorrow is the championship game between Wheeling Central and Cameron. The loser will play at Ritchie County in the regional game next week. The winner will host St. Mary's. Now in Class A, Region 2 of girls' high school basketball, tomorrow Union takes on Tucker County. The loser will travel to Gilmer County. The winner will host Trinity Christian. Also next week, uh, girls' high school basketball action. First off, tomorrow night, Summers County and Meadow Bridge play in the single-A Region 3 Section 2 championship game. The winner of that one will travel, or excuse me, the winner of that one will host Fayetteville. The loser will go to Charleston Catholic. Charleston Catholic winning over Fayetteville last night on a free throw in the final seconds um, by a former standout athlete of the week, Vito Monty. There you go. Um, we publicize that all the time. Anyway, uh, and, and girls, Class A, Region 4, you'll have Williamstown hosting Tulsa, and St. Joe will play host to Ravenswood. Double A in Region 1. It will be Frankfurt at Fairmont Senior. North Marion will play at Philip Barber in Region 2. It will be Clay County at Lincoln, Bridgeport at Lewis County. Region 3, Wyoming East at Bluefield. It will be Riverview at Westside. Region 4, it will be Chapmanville Regional at Winfield. And it will be Polka at Mingo Central. In AAA, it will be... A matchup between Morgantown going to Wheeling Park, John Marshall going to Buchanan Upshur in Region 1. In Region 2, it will be Spring Mills at Hampshire, Jefferson at Martinsburg. In Region 3, South Charleston at Greenbrier East, Riverside at St. Albans. And in Region 4, it will be Parkersburg playing host to Spring Valley, while Parkersburg South will travel to Huntington. So those are your girls' regional matchups for next week. We will know the state tournament field one week from today. Again, going to be an exciting finish to this. A lot of great matchups. Ryan, get out and support these schools. Get out and watch some good basketball this weekend and next week all the way through. And the boys' sectionals kick off uh, a couple games tonight. Get some full swing tomorrow in the first of the week. So we're going to have a lot to talk about next Friday night. Oh, yeah. Very tough with those overlap. The last week of the boys' season is kind of meaningless since all the sectional scenes are already done, isn't it? <laughs> and yet they fill way. up gyms and get in the way of some of those girls' sectional <laughs> games. Maybe that's a topic for next week. All that. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.